from North Geelong, which struggled last year, I think. Uh, 1-1. And then lost the knocks. Yeah. So they're struggling last year. The fact that they've been in contention for most of this season, they started brilliantly. Three three wins on the trot. Yes, against some of the softer sides of the competition, but I don't think anyone would have predicted the month of footy that they had to begin. I think it's worth mentioning as well that North Geelong is having a belter of a season in the Goldfields League, I believe. So it's, it's not like this is just a, a one-team thing. They've got all the best talent in the, in the, the region and put them in one. You know, this is... This is a region that's that's taking off football. Obviously, it's been a, a very popular men's development region for such a long time, and I thought it'd probably take maybe five odd years before we got to that stage. And I mean, it's it's been a whirlwind twelve months, really. Well, yeah, even probably the last two years, because what was it? Probably four years ago, the the, the quality and the depth pool in the Geelong re- region just wasn't there, and that's why they probably didn't get a licence for the AFLW the first time around because yeah. there was no there was no grassroots development style. There was you know, and, the, the infrastructure wasn't there to support it. And at the same time as well, they were competing against Netball. Netball has been extremely strong in this region uh, through the Geelong Football League Netball Competition, the Ballerine Netball Competition, the Geelong District Netball Competition, Colac Netball, and some of those players as well. Erin Hawes, one of them who, who's a ruck, when Erin first played Netball, she played here at St Mary's, she went on and played at the Melbourne Vixens. There's Tegan Phillip, who's come out of Anglesey, if I'm correct, out of this area, playing at the Melbourne Vixens. It's those players who... Um, have gone through a pathway and that just in that case it was netball that many girls here not only do they love playing their netball because we're so closely associated with the football clubs but it's like oh look look girls from our region have gone on and playing in the national competition that's what that's why they probably didn't take up footy in the great numbers now that footy's happened and now that they've seen the mythens the boys the cranstons etc play at aflw now it's turned around as a case of oh Oh, so if I play local footy, I could play for the Cats. Oh. <laughs> and, and importantly, as you mentioned before, Matt, the fact that North Geelong this year are firing, there's no pressure on them anymore. They Last year, it was really tough, hard to get through the season. Now with the pressure off of trying to perform at, at an elite level, not being there, they're thriving, which is fantastic. And what we were speaking about off-air a, a couple of weeks ago in terms of where VFL Women's is going to, to head going forward, that's the role you want to play of the, the current grassroots clubs, if, if you like. That's the role that they need to play to support clubs like this that are, do have the finance to be able to invest properly in developing female footballers. And I think the best thing about it as well is, is we look at this team potentially moving into the AFLW in 2019, you have almost... No doubt whatsoever that those top players from the Geelong region that are prospering in the AFLW currently, they're going to come back to Geelong. They're going to be a part of this team. And you, you, you just can't see any other way. You know, you look at the way those players in this side are, have embraced the team, have embraced the community. You just know that it's, it's, you know, it's a solidarity thing at this club. The one thing that's really helped as well is the likes of Paul Hood has been working closely with the North Geelong coach and Shannon Knox and has been working closely with those at Drysdale as well, not only because it's going to feed the players through to him that haven't made the Geelong Cats that are part of their squad and they're playing at the lower levels. But that's a great thing. He's lifting the coaching there at those two clubs, lifting their level. And that's the thing. If the Geelong keep doing that with the local clubs around here, keep getting Paul Hood out there as a full-time employee, getting out to those local clubs, teaching them what they want, 
that pays dividends because if they're able to go to every, let's say, four or five more Geelong teams pop up in the region and they start their own league, if he's able to go through and saying, look, this is the style of game plan that we're going to play for the Cats at AFLW level. If you can work on this at this local level and have the girls prepared, and if we're allowed a zone or something like that from, from the AFL in our early years... Those girls will automatically feed up through local football, already knowing the game plan that the Cats want to implement when they're at the top level. And let's not forget that this is a, a team that's directly linked with the Geelong Falcons TAC Cup girls team, so there's pathways into this side. And you can hear the Cats girls coming out onto the ground, the crowd clapping them on, the home team being led out there by Beck Goring. If you saw an article during the week, she's actually a talented jazz guitarist. You learn something new every week. It's one thing that she actually kept quiet from her music teacher because the, apparently the music teachers don't like them playing sport for the fear that they could damage their hands, which is obviously very crucial. But, um, yes, a talented jazz guitarist and Geelong captain. This stupid question. How do you differentiate guitar with jazz guitar? <laughs> Uh, I'm Let's not go a, ask her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, run the microphone out to her. Just we go by VFL reporter Callum O'Connor, the man of all the scoops. Remember to check out his blog if you do get an opportunity. Just Google search Callum O'Connor blogspot. Um, we see the cats out there at the moment going through their respective uh, warming paces. They've got a good signing. They've got Darby back in the ruck. She's going to be teaming up with War. They've got Woodruff in the side. They've got Trevine, who's back on the team. Lily Mitten's in there as well. Um, you go through Cranston's going to be in the forward line. Matty Boyd is going to be there as well. They've really stacked the side, haven't they? They're keen to win this one. Certainly so. And I think, as you mentioned, Kate Darby coming back is a really positive one. She's the only player in this Geelong side that has kicked more goals than she's played games. The only player in the entire side. So she's been the one who's, who's been leading the way down in that forward line. And I've got to mention about Rocky Cranston uh, coming back into this team. You have a look at the results and you have a look at when she joined the team. Yeah. Even in the losses, you can see they're close or they're quality, uh, close games. She's just made a world of difference. She doesn't kick the big goals, but she makes an impact. She's a physical presence in the forward line. And it's the one thing when they lost against Melbourne Uni, the slight thing I was disappointed by, uh, they kicked the two quick goals, they messed around with the ball a bit and tried to chip it around instead of getting in quick. You get it in quick to when Cranston's running around and knocking over players, all of a sudden you have an opposition that's under pressure and panicking. They just failed to utilise that, and I think that's what they've got to do today. If it's a close game, the crowd's up and about, they've got to get it in fast to Cranston. So even if she doesn't mark, she is going to make the opposition panic. She's a player that's really developed, hasn't she? I think when she was playing with North Geelong last year, she was more of that rough nut, just just not quite there in terms of her football ability. She's worked extremely hard and now, has, as you say, has become one of the, the premium forwards. I think you can say that as well for AFLW with Melbourne, with Rocky. Is she was, you know, everyone sort of knew her name, but she didn't do a whole lot. But since coming into this team, maybe that break's just that thing that's that's really helped her get motivated or whatever it is, reset, whatever it may be. She's playing really good football and, and team-orientated football. Problem is they had Nissan in the side as well, and I think Jess Anderson. So they had, like, three traditional forward targets in their team, and I think that maybe threw Rocky off a bit. There was a crowded forward line of who does what, where you want a traditional setup of I am the key forward, here are my two pockets that are going to rove off of me and if you had a Mifsud type or whatever okay, you're up at centre half forward but like Brennan, you're pushing further up the ground you're pushing up towards the wing, you're leaving me the space and the problem is there was a, every time it went in there it was a very crowded forward line and it just didn't quite work, so when Cranston did come out through a suspension and Mifsud was there to work with Phillips then it worked like a traditional forward setup, and it worked for Melbourne. 
Guys, I think we're going to have a bit of trouble seeing you today from our broadcast position. The crowd has built up in the last 15 minutes like you would not believe. And and it's that's a positive thing. And still building. And it's still building. There's a buzz around this precinct. Even walking to the ground today, there's a, there's a buzz here because not only of the two games happening inside Simmons Stadium, but it's it just there's something a bit, it makes you feel good. I'm going to play a bit of crowd spotting today. I'm just going to look around at times to see if I see a person with the initials of KS who uh, is involved at the AFLW for Richmond because I wonder if that, that person will be there today because there really is no excuse for that person not to be here today because Richmond men in VFL and AFL are playing at the ground right next to us. So there's an ideal opportunity to come down to Geelong as the employee of that club to, to stand around and watch this particular ground which is the only VFLW game on today. And if they're not at that ground, they'll be going, well, are you doing your job? Not, not only that, how many other people uh, are down here to support uh, the VFL women's competition? Because, as you say, the only game on, and there's some stars in both of these lineups, recognisable names. So how many other people from other clubs as well are looking at this? Because as we've been talking throughout the pre-game show, these two sides are still in contention for finals. Beth Goring's won the toss and she's kicking, uh, I guess you could call it with the win, to the right-hand side. Grandstand end? Yeah, the old wooden <laughs> grandstand end to, to say at least the city end being the other end of the ground to the left of us. But uh, when you say about people arriving at the ground, and the reason why I bring up that... <laughs> is that we've seen throughout the season, I don't see him at the moment, I'm looking under trees where he normally hides, <laughs> is Damien Keeping. Normally, hey, Damien, he's come all the way out to Hamilton to watch games. Normally, you see Damien Keeping at grounds. And the other person that you see, and that probably shows why they were the best Victorian side in AFLW, was Anthony De Jong out of Melbourne. He was one of the key recruiters, and you always saw him, particularly on the ground, particularly as the St Kilda Shark game at Melbourne Uni, you saw De Jong just standing nearby, having a look, walking around huddles, just soaking in the information. And we've heard from Paige Cardona as well, She's getting out to games as well and taking a look around. So if you're serious about AFLW, whether you have a licence or not, we've got to see you at the ground. Yeah, and, of course, those teams that this year that are in the competition have only got limited picks, so you want to make sure you're not picking a donkey. Make yeah. sure you get down to all the games and you know the players inside out. And you're looking forward too. Oh, for sure. Because with the, the expansion clubs coming in in a couple of years' time, you want to ensure that you're getting the right talent in. And as well, because we're looking through the list, I mean, I've been watching the Fox Sports thing. They did part of their Phantom Draft um, on Wednesday night. They'll be doing their second part of the Phantom Draft, the top eight picks, uh, on uh, next Wednesday night. But the one thing I noticed was they kept talking about, oh, the best under-18s, the best under-18s. At this stage, it's not about the best under-18s. It's about the best senior players that you can pick because we know that the best under-18s are going to get raided over the next few years by the expansion clubs. It's it's the senior player that got overlooked or was coming back from a knee injury. You mentioned, or someone mentioned earlier, I think off air, about Tanya Hetherington. We're talking about her. She'd probably be a late draft pick, and clubs aren't watching... Bulldogs or something like that will go, thank you, Tanya Hetherington, potential coach in the future. We'll just take you as our fullback. Jess Trent didn't play this year. She's coming back from a knee injury. Prior to doing her knee, she was on fire for the Eastern Devils, working in tandem with Jamie Lambert. That's one club, particularly now, unfortunately, Brennan Major's gone from uh, Collingwood, but even though Meg Hutchins is there, maybe she's the one that can get in the ear of the recruiters saying, if we've got a late pick, Jess Trent 
Jess trains a midfielder who can go. To throw out another name in the same vein, Jenna Bruton from yeah, St Kilda yes. Sharks, she didn't get picked up and she's the player with exhibition match experience and she's a, a barometer player, as we've mentioned in, in the uh, the pre-show. She is a player that can lift the team. We've talked about Anna Teague being in defence here for the Geelong Cats. She's another quality player and that's the thing. I mean, as much as Fox Sports is obsessed with under-18s, yes, they, they are a big part, but... You better get you better get going quick and better get onto some of these best senior players because if you don't, someone's going to be banking them and going to be uh, setting themselves up for a tilt at the flag. Well, we're just about ready to get underway here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. It is just on quarter part, a quarter to twelve o'clock to get us underway for the first turn for the Cats of the New Year's Here's Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. We're underway on St Mary's Oval. The tap went the way of Hoare. Straight to the deck. It stacks on the mill and we'll get a ball up still inside the centre circle. Early matchup. Lily Mithin on Ashley Guest. That's a tasty one. Ball up again. Hoare with a big height difference in the ruck. Won it down, but Davies intercepted for the Spurs. Goes towards centre half forward. Oh, flying through there was Coventry. Feeds the handball out to the outer wing. Geelong on the burst on the outer side. Kick towards the half forward flank and a mark is taken out there by Boyd. Half forward flank, outer side for the Cats. Goes inside, attacking 50 with the kick. Cranston was coming. Prop, though, because she had a teammate there in support. Ended up with the footy. Handball went loose straight to the deck. Spurs diving in over the top. And we should get a ball up here. We will. 40 metres out from goal. Broadcast side favouring the Cats. No score either side approaching the first minute mark of the first term here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Boy won the tap down, went straight to an opponent from the Spurs who got immediately wrapped up in Gogos. Ball spilled free. Blakeway tried to get a hand pass out, dispossessed the football. Gogos goes in again. She gets held up there by Mangan and the umpire will call for a secondary bounce. 35 metres out from the Cats goal. They're attacking to the old grandstand end, southern end of the ground here. Boyd wins the contest. Running by there's Elise Gamble. Has to get through traffic. Gets the hand passed away. Good smothered work there by Cranston. Hurry little kick around the corner by Gary. The ball is bouncing away to the left. Darby couldn't get there in time and it will go through for a minor score. First score of the game, minute and a half gone. First term, one behind the Cats. Spurs yet to score. Matt Marsden on RSN Carnival. Yeah, dangerous footy there. They're leaving Hayley Trevine uh, and Kate Darby alone in the goal square there. So you want to pick them up. Teasdale comes to the broadcast side. It was a risky kick, but it's okay to Lampard. Just to show the genuine commitment from the Geelong Footy Club, there's a person going around handing out the team sheets for the, the Geelong Cats side, which is fantastic to see. Ball half-forward flank broadcast side. We're all wrapped up just outside the 50-metre arc. I saw some Deakin University cardboard Go Cat signs as well, so they're really trying to get behind it. They are. Big crowd here at St Mary's Oval. Hall oh, won the tap down. Mithen coming through, puts it out on the full. Ringing true from uh, Debbie Lee when she had a chat with us in the pre-show. They're not committing all their numbers into defence. They have got players across that half-back line. Lampard with the footy. Back pocket broadcast side. Goes with the kick to the line. Comes off hands. Spurs with the numbers. Fumbling it there is Scott. Brought to ground. Now diving in after it again is Gogos. Ball spills out the back of the pack. Guest in a bit of trouble. Works her way by hand. Cats though with the numbers around the footy. Mangan. Fed it out. Back on the deck. Hoare tried to shovel it out. Ball just being slapped left, right and centre. Half forward line for the Cats. Mifsud.
just puts it out of the contest. Spurs all. They got taken high. The umpire didn't see it. And it's going to be pinged for holding the footy. Free kick going yeah, the other way. And Jolly immediately points the umpire, points to the throat, going, <coughs> my head's still attached to the shoulders. As Garing now goes inside 50 towards the hot spot. Flying through the air there. Morka committed early to the football, but she dropped it. Ball hit the deck. Tackle laid on there by Danuccio. We'll call for a ball up. Yeah, very important tackle there from Danuccio because there was clear space towards the goal. I think if you're the Spurs, you want to get more players in between the uh, the contest on, on half-back and the goal square. Umpire to throw the ball up in the air. 35 metres out from the Cats goal. They lead by a point. Umpire says shepherding in the ruck contest and it will go the way. Looks like it possibly a gamble for the Spurs. She's looking to go towards the Lampard direction, spinning around in a circle like Carly Minogue. She decides oh. to play on. And that is a kick like a true ruck. It is an absolute shocker. Went across the ground. Now going in there to Nuccio to chase it up. Blakeway bounced her off the football. Pack's going to form Hardiman over the top. 50 metres out from goal, will call for a ball up. Let's just say when uh, Elise Gamble looks back at the highlights tape, uh, she'll be wanting to fast forward through that one. <laughs> yes, certainly will be. Ball back underway, inside 50 for the Cats. Guest on the burst, comes around the outside. Left foot kick in towards the middle, looking for White, and she gets her. Corner of the centre square, broadcast side. It's favouring the Cats, but in possession of the Spurs. High ball towards the centre wing. The mark will be taken here by Gunn. Centre wing broadcast side for the Spurs. Gunn goes up the line. Risky kick. Comes off hand. Spurs still with the numbers. Davies. Kick smothered. Mithen works her way through traffic. The kick close to the boundary line. Bounces back into play. Now it's seen over by Lampard. We'll throw it in between centre wing and half forward on the broadcast side for the Cats. Five-minute mark of the first term here on RSN Carnival. Ball is thrown back into play. Erin Hall to do the ruck work here. Ball bounced away from her and Hardiman. Taken straight out of the middle, though, by Ferris, who goes long towards centre-half forward. Goes over the head of a few players out there. McCallie Ward chasing after the football. Tries to punch it forward to their advantage. Wanted Bree White to get onto it. She was harassed off the football. Went back in for a second effort and got it to Ferris, who chased up. Went long towards the pocket. Bouncing away from her teammate and Frankie. Close towards the boundary line. She manages to get it back again. Jess Frankie flying shot at goal. Couple of bounces near the top of the goal square. Scrimmage of players. Four on four at the moment. Cats do have the numbers back. They're now running back. Getting a little hand pass there. I think maybe Garing who relieves the pressure. They kick towards the half-back flank. Far side of the ground. Gamble comes in there. Gets into the back of the opponent. Umpire refusing to blow the whistle. Getting in there as well as Tesari. And the umpire says it will call for a ball up. Rather me. Rather, pardon me, that was Trevine back there for the Cats. Uh, me wrong side, we'll call for a ball up. <laughs> half I haven't had the coffee yet. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> half forward flank on the outer side. Hall goes to the ground. Diving in over the top there as well is Guest. We'll get a ball up. Still half forward flank outer side for the Spurs. They trail by a point. Matt Marsden. See what, the Cats are backing them, uh, themselves to win the clearance here because if they don't, they're in trouble. Hall won the tap down. Cats with possession of the footy, but they're thrown into the turf on the outer side. Tackle there applied by Gogos. And Guest was a little slow to get up off the bottom of the pack as well. Ball back underway. Spurs win the tap. Bounced awkwardly there for Bree White. Cats with the numbers. They get a clearing kick, and the mark will be taken on the outer side by Derby. Half-back flank for the Cats. Goes long and high with the kick in the board direction, just over her head, and the mark is taken in the middle. In possession of Geelong. And they're looking to go inside, attacking 50. High ball. Wobbly one. Boyd marks strong. 
directly in front, 40 metres out. said just before they're backing themselves to win that clearance, and they did, and I suppose that's the risk-reward that you get. They win the clearance, and they've got extra numbers forward, and uh, Boyd had to take a mark amongst a couple of trees down there, so not, taking nothing away from that mark, certainly. Significant breeze blowing into the outer forward pocket here. Boyd comes in, kick on its way. It's going to fall short and be pushed through for a minor score. They're two behinds, the Cats. Spurs yet to score seven minutes into the opening term here on the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN, at Carnival Digital Radio. It's gambled that paid off as well. I thought they were going to try and move it in quickly when Boyd was running into the forward line. There was nothing in front of her to get her to run onto it, but they trusted her steady hands. Umpire's blown the whistle and said the player who was on the mark encroached too far close, so that will be a 25-metre penalty. And uh, it brings the Spurs up to, well, it's a 25, but it more looks like a 40. And the umpire says you've got to come back behind the player at the mark and go again. So with it is Danny Teasdale. Calling for the football is Morgan. Goes oh. in the direction. Shocking kick. Straight down the throat of Lily Mithin. Mithin, 45 out from goal. Chips towards the pocket. Great foresight. And swinging across to take the mark is Hayley Trevine. 45 degree angle, 25 metres out. I was going to say they were just uh, letting them out of their forward line along there, but uh, there was a great forward press and, look, it was a really dangerous kick in the wind. You don't want to going, be going uh, switching the sides against the wind. Talk about the wind. You've got the man with the catch flag behind the goal just helping <laughs> out, just saying, this is the way the wind's going, just keep an eye on me. Hayley Trevine, difficult shot on the clubroom side of the ground, going to the southern end. Starts out right. Will it come back on the breeze? Not enough. Minus score. The Cats move out to three behinds. The VU Western Spurs yet to score as we've gone eight and a half minutes first term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, our VFR Women's Match of the Day. Each time Teasdale's looked to bring it back into play, she's come to this broadcast side. Does she do it again? She will. Because short is Lampard. She takes the mark. Back pocket broadcast side for the Spurs. They're yet to score. Cats doing all the attacking at the moment. High ball. Goes over the back of the pack. And Cats with the numbers. Work it by hand to Mithin on the outside. She sends a further handball over the top to Trevine. She goes inside attacking 50 with the cack. Oh, the Spurs players sprawled each other. Open an opportunity for Derby. Puts it through for a behind. Another minor score. Four behinds now, the Cats. Spurs yet to score. Nine gone, opening turn. They're doing the right thing, trying to bring the ball out of defence, the Spurs, but they're just doing it to the wrong side of the field. The, uh, the wind's pushing across the side, the side that they're trying to kick to, and it's just, just pushing the ball back into the corridor, and obviously that's not what you want when you're trying to get out of defence. Particularly when they're trying to chip it up the line, and they've got, like, Newman's out with a hamstring injury. They don't have anyone who can run the ball up the line, so it's a dangerous game that they're playing, and they're turning it over constantly as going in there to lay a tackle as Mangan will call for another ball up. 35 metres out from the Cats goal, going towards the southern end. They leave by four points, nearing the halfway mark of this first term. Ball gets thrown up in the air. One out there by Boyd. He brought it to ground. Her teammate immediately wrapped up by Teasdale. Will call for a bounce. Just a quick reminder as well, the women's division of the AFL International Cup on again tomorrow at uh, many of the VFLW grounds. We'll go through that with you at half time of our broadcast as going in there again to scrap for the football. Looks like it was Telford, couldn't get it out. And the umpire will call for another bounce, 35 metres out from the Cats' goal. Pete, you're a good predictor with crowd size. What are we currently sitting at around St Mary's Oval? Uh, I reckon at the moment we're probably looking at, including the grandstand, maybe about 400. Guess got it by hand to Gogos, who was caught high. Free kick going the way of the Spurs. Gogos with it. Back pocket broadcast side. Where they've been stuck for most of this term. They've got players trying to switch it. Lampard 
Dropped the mark, has to play on, got around traffic, high kick towards centre half, back all coming late, impacted the contest, brought the ball to ground, getting one high there was Jolly, it was missed by the umpire, handball out of the pack to Maguire, having to track backwards for the Cats, every player around the half forward area at the moment for Geelong. Kicks getting smothered left, right and centre, Spurs got away momentarily but they're all wrapped up, good tackle there applied by 23, which I think is Bogas. I think it's a jump, yeah. or maybe a jump uh, 25, change. I think that's uh, Coventry that had it Coventry, my apologies. And the umpires uh, pulled out a free kick going the way of the Spurs. Sarah Jolly now has the pearl. She's at half-back flank on the far side of the ground. Decides to go along with the right boot. Flying through the air. Ball's pulled the ground by Blake. Where they try and chase up the kick. Going after us, Michaelia Ward. She was on hands and knees. Couldn't get there. Quickly goes in for the football. She wraps up Coventry and the umpire calls for a bounce. On special comments, Matt Marston. I think with the team with the ascendancy is certainly Geelong, but we have a look at the scoreboard. We're halfway through this quarter. It's zero goals, four to nothing. So they're not reaping the benefits. They want to get a, a couple of goals on the board in the next few minutes. The Cats. Boyd shake the tackle. Got the kick away only as far as Gamble, who then got immediately dispossessed of the football. They kick it in towards the forward pocket. Not much to go to. Morgan is in front position. Hines is on her hammer, but Morgan manages to control it. Her kick, though, was off the side of the boot, out of bounds on the full. Now, that kick out of defence, that's to the opposite side that we've been mentioning. It's gone out on the full, but that's a whole lot better than the wind taking it back into the corridor because now you can set up. You have a look. There's a heap of spurs back behind the football now, so that's a win. Boyd with the footy in her hands. High ball in towards the pocket, but it's all the spurs. Taking the mark back there is Morgan. Looks to switch play to the broadcast side. Guest under pressure. Coming late there was Ramsey. Brought the ball to ground. Has support now in Bertrand. Goes towards goal, but it's across the face and out on the full. So the Spurs get another opportunity to reload. And as you said, Matt, Cats just aren't making the most of the opportunities at the moment. No, they're not. And you've got to credit their forward pressure, though. They are doing everything right. They're forcing the Spurs into mistakes. And in many ways, you have to say credit to the Spurs, too, because they're... They're reacting to the pressure and they're just trying to get through this quarter. And Morgan kicks along up the line, close towards the boundary line, manages to hit up her teammate there, Tassari. Tassari now goes under the light tower with a kick on the far side of the ground. Couple of bounces and out of bounds of the full. In fact, it was over the line. So it will be a catch free kick and I think it might be crashing there in the distance. It's got the football. Just looking further afield, goes along with a kick towards the half-forward flank. Managing to spot Matty Boyd, is racking up the possessions early. Boyd with the football decides to come back into the central corridor with the kick. Darby came at it, but was a metre short of her. Chasing after the football as Higgins close towards the boundary line, and it will go over and out. Thirteen and a half minutes gone in this first term on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. The Cats are four behind the Spurs yet to score. Ball to be thrown in, inside attacking 50 for Geelong. Ruck women go at it, Boyd slapped it down. Geelong have it, they're just paddling it along the carpet at the moment. Trying to get a clean possession away, just bobbling around like a ping, ping pong ball. Or a pinball, as a matter of fact. Boyd applied a tackle, the umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. 40 out from goal, directly in front for the Cats. They're four behind, Spurs yet to score. Boyd won the tap down and then burrows in after her own footy. Ball emerges out the back of the pack. Lister works it by hand. Big looping ball. Searching for Guest. Also there in support was Davies. Whacked it on the boot. It was a hoping kick. Falls short of gun. Opportunity again. Mithen coming through. Ducked ahead. Did she get one high? No. 
ball towards the, well, didn't go 15 metres, and the Spurs with another opportunity come out of defence. They get it to Guest. Guest goes high towards centre wing broadcast side, sitting underneath it though, swallowing it. Is Hall. The former netballer has the football four to centre wing broadcast side. Gets on the right boot, goes towards centre half forward, looking for Boyd. He made a contest, but Hardman did the spoiling work from behind. Hit the ground. Lister goes in to pick up the football. Got dispossessed. 40 out from the catch goal. Morgan goes in there, ducked ahead, tried to feed out the hand pass, but she's immediately wrapped up. Stolen by Higgins. Higgins got to try and shrug off the tackle. Got to a, to a teammate. Morgan goes in, tries to lay another tackle. Also circling around the pack is Telford. Umpires watching, playing duck, duck, goose, and eventually says, I'll have the ball back and we'll throw it up. Trying to spot who that is in the goal square, playing the goalkeeper role for the Spurs. There's nobody within 15 metres, but now she's coming up to the contest. Ball back underway at half forward. Handball comes the way of Blakeway. Hoping kick inside 50 goes down the throat of Guest. Takes the mark in defensive 50 for the Spurs. Again, looks to come to the broadcast side. Plays on, the kick smothered. Has another go at it, does Guest. Has to get around a bit of traffic, has support with the Shepherd. It's a low kick. Didn't favour Davies that time around, who's also racking up possessions in this first term for the Spurs. It's pushed over the boundary line and out of play. Right in front of our broadcast position and in front of Matt Marsden. Yeah, look, harping on about it a bit, but um, really not like him bringing out this broadcast side. It's just pushing the ball back into the corridor. It's just not working. Hoare goes the double-handed tap at Red Best there and spinning around Shelley Scott. She's a bit of a local, you could say, but still had to drive it out from Colac to get here to the ground. Williams immediately wrapped up. Ball taken away from her, kicked up the line by Nicolacci, gained about 15 metres. Being up off the ground is Frankie, who kicks in towards the central corridor. Bouncing football here, foot race between Coventry and it looks like uh, Denici out there on the far side of the ground. Cats win the footy, kick it back in towards the central corridor. Awkward bouncing ball, went over the head there of Scott. Lister was out the back door to receive it. Got it across to Hardeman. Hardeman went up the line towards half forward flank. Making a contest out of that is Mifsud. Did well, got to a teammate who quickly got on the left boot. Wanted to go inside 50 with a kick. Too many numbers back there for the Cats and they'll clear it easily out towards the wing. Chasing after the football now. Looks like it might be garring out there. Close towards the boundary line. Going with Guest. Holds her up. Hand pass back. In came Elise Scamper for support. But she got spun around with her kick and went out of bounds on the full. Just near the scoreboard far side of the ground. Which shows the Cats leading by four points. Two and a half minutes to play. And that's all they've scored for behinds. So we wait for the ball to be returned from over the fence. Out of side. Now the umpire just correcting who's going to take the kick. It'll be Garring. Out of side for the Cats. Goes inside attacking 50 with the kick, but it was poor. Gogos sitting underneath it unopposed. Takes the mark. Sends it back towards the outer side where the kick just came from and hits up a target. Spurs with a mark on the outer side. Tassari has it. Wobbly kick towards centre wing. Juggling it there, misses it, couldn't bring it in. Under pressure now, Gogos. Ball spills out the pack. Cats with possession of the footy being tackled into the ground there was Travine, and the umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. Centre wing, out of sight, underneath the scoreboard. Under two minutes remaining in the first term, Cats by four points. Here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, Hardeman won it down, Shelley Scott slammed it on the boot. Only went as far as Anna Teague. Teague had to duck the head, got the football, got to get through traffic, went forward, went backwards, spinning around in a circle, eventually kicked it long up the line, bouncing away from uh, the players in Lampard and Trevine, and will call for a throw-in as the wind starts to pick up again here at St Mary's Oval. 
Minute and a half to go before quarter time. Can the Cats kick one or two just to extend the margin? There'd only probably be enough time on the clock to kick one. So you technically would have to get the points this quarter to the Spurs with what I'd judge to be at least a two to three goal breeze. On the outer side of the ground, Cranston fed away the hand pass. Rubber a kick on the right boot, going inside 50. Being immediately caught there was Federley. Try to get rid of the tackle. Try to get it on to Derby. At her feet, though, tries to pick up the football. Got it on. Only for the tackle to be laid on Boyd there by Gogos. Hand pass gets fed out from the Cats going backwards. Now working around to Blakeway. Blakeway tries to square it up there for Fedley who dropped it and got it back again. Fedley went left and right and ran into trouble. Teasdale takes the football though, release the pressure, gets it to Morgan. One step kick, no 15, will probably be play on. No, umpire gives it this time and Gogos takes the mark. Halfback flank on the broadcast side for the Spurs. They trail by four points. 30 seconds left on the clock in the first term. Gogos goes high. Hoare again sitting underneath it. Oh, a little bit uh, muddled up there with her teammate. Cats go back inside attacking 50. Strong mark though taken by Lampard in defence. Spurs have held up well under pressure. And they'll go into quarter time. This is what Pete said, a probably two to three goal breeze. Only four points down and they haven't got on the scoreboard. Oh, Cranston draggling the mark right in front of our broadcast position. We'll send it back inside attacking 50. As the siren sounds for quarter time here at St. Mary's Oval in Geelong. Four behinds the Cats. No score. The Spurs. Still an entertaining quarter of footy, Matt Marsden. Certainly is, and you can sort of draw comparisons to the last time these two teams played each other. It's very different after the, the first quarter. The Cats were trailing by 25 points in that first meeting, but in this one, obviously, the, uh, the Cats have a slender lead, but you have to say the ascendancy goes with the Spurs for, for holding out the, uh, the, the onslaught from the Cats that quarter. As we mentioned, this isn't a, a feathering win. This is a this is picking up to a gale. This one, and it's probably a two to three goal goal win. So, uh, big victory for the Spurs that quarter. I think the one thing for the Spurs though that they would, would identify at quarter time is they've got to stop Boyd. Boyd is having too much of an impact early. The problem is if they don't, and some of their teammates start to come into the game, the marks that Boyd are taking around that half forward line, it could really hurt in the third quarter if they get lazy. It looks like Tassari and, and Gamble are the ones who are trying to pick up Boyd and uh, Hoare in the ruck. It's just not work, working with Hoare in the ruck. It's, um, obviously, she's just going to win the hit-out. She's well, 190-something centimetres tall. It's just not working for the Spurs. And I think you have to go back to the drawing board and, and try and figure out what you're going to do with your rucks because if you're going to lose the hit-out, you can at least have another body around the contest. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here at quarter time on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, where at the moment it is the Geelong Cats four behinds leading the VU Western Spurs. No score. Back in a moment. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Five-year-old Mia and her pregnant mother became homeless after fleeing her violent father. With nowhere to go, they sheltered in a cold garage and slept on an old couch. Mission Australia helped them find a safe home before the baby arrived, restored their dignity and gave them hope for the future. Over 17,000 Australian children will be homeless tonight. Help families escape homelessness. Please donate today. Visit missionaustralia.com.au The symptoms of ovarian cancer sound like part of every woman's life. Abdominal bloating, abdominal or back pain. 
appetite loss, changes in toilet habits, unexplained weight gain or loss, indigestion or heartburn, and fatigue. But if these symptoms are unusual for you and they persist, please see your doctor. For more information, visit the Ovarian Cancer Program website at nbocc.org.au. Hi, I'm Lane Beachley. Cartridges for Planet Art just had its biggest year ever. On average, 13,500 printed cartridges were collected every working day. And they were all turned into useful things like pens, garden beds, even road surfaces. So thanks to everyone who recycled from home, work or school. To make the coming year even bigger, check out cartridges.planetart.org. It's Anna Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. One of them is where I shake my head to get my hair out of my eyes. There's another one where I sort of do like a little squeaking in my throat. Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder that affects thousands of Australians. It is characterised by involuntary movements and vocal noises called tics. We can't help it and we're just like you in every other way. So visit Tourette's.org.au Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. Indeed, it is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Peter Matthew Cox, Matt Marsden, and a guest appearance on the siren above our head here at St Mary's Oval, Cadinia Park. And the banner falling to pieces just in front of us, too. Oh, Good again, to see uh, your duct tapes uh, working a treat here. Well, uh, well at least not blowing away at this stage. <laughs> But, but I will laugh if it blows in the field of play and stops someone from having a match-winning goal at the end of the game. Go, Oops, sorry. Free publicity for us. Yeah, th- yeah thank you very much. Uh, at quarter time, it is the Cats, four behinds, leading the VU Western Spurs. No score. We're about to begin this second turn. The Spurs will have the two to three goal advantage. Matt Marston, what do the Cats have to do as they're defending against the Breeze in this quarter? Well, I guess we're going to see what they're gonna, how they're going to approach the game in the first five minutes. Debbie Lee, true to her word, uh, she didn't throw every body behind the ball. She did keep some numbers across half back and look they did go into the forward 50 a couple of times which we suppose we don't really see when when the wind's this strong. So now it's up to the Cats. Uh, we'll know in the first five minutes how they're going to approach this game. Whether they try and lock it down, obviously be very disappointed not to get some goals on the board in that first term. Uh, we'll see how they react. To get us underway for the second term here at St Mary's Oval, Cadinia Park, here's your lead caller on RSN Carnival, Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. The crowd's still getting off the ground on that outer side of the field. Big attendance here at St Mary's Oval. Of course, we've got the AFL men's match a little later on today inside Simmons Stadium. Build up here. There's a buzz around Cadinia Park. It's great to see. Second term action underway. Tap goes the way of Hoare. Has she injured herself in that ruck contest? Keep an eye on that, guys. Spurs up and under kick towards the broadcast side. Sitting underneath it was Davies. Couldn't bring it in. Ball spills out the back of the pack. Spurs go towards the top of the 50. Miffs it using her body well. 
straight there from the Melbourne player. Goes inside attacking 50 with the kick. I reckon it's their first entry inside 50, the Spurs. Ward bobbling along. Kick smothered there for the Cats in defence. Ball spills out the pack. They get a clearing kick. It will bounce. Favouring, though, Guest. Long ball. Top of the goal square for the Spurs. Comes off hands. Cats with the numbers. Feet it by hand looking for Cranston. Getting in the way, though, was Frankie. She got brought to ground. The umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. 15 out from goal, broadcast side for the Spurs. They trail by four behinds. As we wait for the umpire to throw the ball up in the air, and it's going to be Hall versus Hardiman. Hardiman goes up unconditioned. Straight down to Jolly, who got collared, and the umpire says she's going to have a free kick. And a shot for goal, Matt Marston, on a slight angle 15 metres out. Well, this is the hardest kick in football, I'd say. I reckon as a footballer, if you have them straight in front 50 metres out with the wind, you can have a good kick at it. But 15 out, slight angle. I reckon that every footballer in the world would kick maybe half of these ones. You just want the little chip over the top. In comes Jolly on the left. Oh, she shanked. Apps and she put her head in her hand straight away. She'll be furious. She hits the competition leading goal kicker in Division 3 for the Gippsland Galaxy last year, and she'd be looking at that going, What on earth did I just do there? Well, in the context of the game, that would have put them two points up after uh, surviving an onslaught in the first quarter, so she'll be kicking herself. And you called it perfectly, the pressure of that situation. Goring goes to the outer side, mark taken by Boyd. Half back flank for the Cats. He decides to centre the ball slightly, comes off hands, Cats with the numbers around the footy in possession. They go towards 50, but there's no one home except to Teasdale, bounces awkwardly for her. She has time to gather the kick, though smothered. Supporting her is Lampard, kicks it in towards the middle. Option there taking the mark is Ferris. Centre of St Mary's Oval for the Spurs. She goes short with the kick, but it was poor. Williams takes the mark for Geelong. Comes towards the broadcast side. It was a low ball. Caught her teammate off guard. Mithen diving in over the top of the footy. The umpire's going to come in and say, give it to me, I'll ball it up. Centre wing broadcast side. Catch leading four behinds. Spurs one behind. Two and a half minutes into the second term on RSN. Carnival Digital Radio. Umpire looks around, throws the ball up in the air, and away we go. Oh, big slap down towards the ground. Guess was immediately claimed. And the umpire is going to call for another ball up on special comments. Matt Marston. Yeah, it's a hell of a leap there from Hardeman. Got pretty high. Up goes the ball again, and Hall versus Hardeman. Hardeman wins it down. Ferris is lurking nearby. Guess tried to go through as well. Back to his gamble who gave up the hand pass. Ferris now put it on the boot towards the half forward. Was looking for Mifsud, but it fell short of her. Ball just at the feet there of Garing, who can't pick it up cleanly when she does so. Has to try and get off the side of the boot. Spurs taken away with a kick just before being brought to ground. Was looking in the white direction, trying to get in front was Ramsey. White chasing after the football again. Ramsey going with her, and it's all locked in as Sarah Jolly tries to extract it. The umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball. Up. That's what we'll have 50 metres out from the Spurs goal. They're going to the southern end with a 2 to 3 goal breeze this term. Hardeman wins it down. Missy was in the court in the middle of the pack, trying to get a hand pass out. In comes Lily Mithard, who lays on a tackle with support from Birchall, and will call for another ball up. 23 and a half minutes of footy, and we're still yet to see a goal here at St Mary's Oval. Wind is a gale towards the outer pocket. On the Simmons Stadium side of the ground. Back underway, it's wrapped up immediately. We'll get another ball up. Tackle there applied by Garring. Side defensive 50 for the Cats. Away we go again. Hall won the tap down to the deck. Coming in over the top is Gogos. And the umpire says holding the footy. 
free kick going the way of the Spurs. And Scott takes claim of it. So Scott, just inside attacking 50 for the Spurs. Indicates she's going to go long with the kick. Comes off the side of the boot. Cranston back pocket. Brings the ball to ground. And tries to see it over the boundary lines. Kept in play by Jolly. Umpire circling says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. Just in from the boundary line, outer forward pocket for the Spurs. They trail one behind to four behinds the Cats, approaching the five-minute mark of the second term, Pete. Ball is thrown up in the air, close towards the boundary line in front of the old wooden grandstand. Umpire's willing to let play go on. Going in to lay the tackle is Laura, Lara Taylor. The umpire says now it's all wrapped up and will call for a ball up. And that's what we'll have. Up goes Hardeman versus Hawkall. That a draw. Mithin came away with a hurry kick and hurried indeed it was. It was out of bounds on the full. I think it's Ferris on the far side that will have the resulting kick back into play for the Spurs. 50 metres out from goal on the Simmons Stadium side of the ground. Frankie was offering a lead, ignored. Put it high for McKayley. Award! 1-2 by the Cherry. Couldn't hang on to it. Ball hit the ground. Going in there is Shelley Scott. She can't extract the pill. Garing is lurking around the side of the pack. So is Sarah Jolly. Getting a fist in there is Rebecca Goring. Close towards the boundary line. Lurking around is Bree White. Hand pass out by Darby. Quickly got it across to Anna Teague, who slammed it on the boot. Was looking to clear, but... When she gained the 30 metres, she put it out of bounds in the full. And again, Ferris will have the free kick for the VU Western Spurs. Been able to trap it inside their attacking 50, as you'd expect with the wind. But like Geelong, they're just not capitalising at the moment. Short kick. Went through the fingers there of Scott. Ball brought to ground. Cats with the numbers around the footy. The handball goes to Goring. High ball towards the wing. Comes off hands. Lampard pushing it towards the boundary line. Kept in play momentarily by Mangan. Mangan. And it's seen over the boundary line and out of play. Underneath the scoreboard that reached along four behinds. The VU Western Spurs. One behind. Six and a half minutes in to the second term. Here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN. A carnival digital radio. Hardeman won it down. Picking it up there. It was Go Goss. Her kick was partially smothered. Chance now for the Cats as Goring had it and gave it away. Now the hurry kick up the line will only go as far as Sarah Lampard has been doing great in defence. Lampard in the long sleeves for the VU Western Spurs far side of the ground. Kicks it long past the scoreboard towards the half forward flank. Looking for Frankie. Ball bounced away from her. Two or three bounces and over and out. Seven minutes gone second term. Cats lead by three points on special comments Matt Marsden. Yeah, it's a, one of those games that's just one-on-one football and see what happens when the, the ball hits the ground, really. Oh, Hall got a bit of space there between herself and Hardiman. And the Cats are able to move it towards the centre wing out of sight. Boyd flicks the handball out of the contest to Fedley. Goes towards the half-forward flank. Teasdale's wrapped up. And a f- I thought there was a whistle there. There wasn't. Ball on the deck in dispute. Cats over the top of the footy. The umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. Half forward flank out of side for Geelong. They lead four behinds. Spurs one behind. Seven and a half minutes in to the second term. The umpire puts it back underway. Hardiman won the tap down. Kick goes inside, attacking 50 though for the Cats. Teasdale mopping up. Flicks the handball over the top. Spurs with possession across half back. The kick comes inboard, looking for Davies. He's caught by two. Brought to ground, and the umpire says 
we're going nowhere. Ball up. Half forward flank out of side for Geelong. Matt Marsden. It's a bit disappointing from a Geelong perspective. They have the ball on their half forward line and they committed no players into the forward 50. They got their hands on the ball, bombed it forward and there's no one there to take a mark. Hardeman tried to do her own roving work there. Couldn't really be turned over as Lampard goes in to lay the tackle. Just waiting for the ball to try and be squeezed out of the pack. Mithen chases after the football. Now manages to get it out to Boyd. Boyd had to try and dance around one or two, but Ferris laid in a smother. Kicked away there by Hardeman. They want to appeal for deliberate, and the umpire's pinned it. He's called deliberate, said Hardeman only had eyes for the boundary line, and it will be a cat's free kick. They have the ball on the far side of the ground, looking for some options. What can they find? Here's a little chip kick. Has to be good, and managing to spot up there, Blakeway. Cassandra Blakeway kicked a couple uh, for the Cats in round two against Seaford at Ocean Grove. Goes now inside 50 with the kick. Was looking for the intended target there in Garring. Cranston got the punch forward. But again, the Spurs will clear out of defence. Looking for Mifsud, who was under all kinds of pressure from Teague, who was wearing her like a glove. Mifsud had to go in again. Tried to feed out the hand pass to Gogos, who was harassed. She dropped the pill. Then went in to get the opponent who got her. And the umpire says it's a stalemate. I'll call for a ball up. Great work there for the Cats by the number 12 and Renee Garing. Ball back underway. Gogos again got claimed by Mithen. The umpire says we're going nowhere and we'll get our ball up. Inside the centre square. This is a bit different to that Eastern Devils-Melbourne Uni game. It was about 25 goals kicked for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Cranston. Well, got spun around, trying to get the handball across to Mithen. Bounced awkwardly for her. Gogos got it across to Lampard. Wobbly kick towards centre wing out of side. Just bounces into space. Goring lays on a high tackle. Taking the free kick was Ward, and she had to go quickly because she took the advantage. Jolly went through her fingers inside, attacking 50 for the Spurs. She burrows in after it. Ball spills out of the contest. Gun up against the boundary line. Got brought to ground, the umpire says. That's a free kick going the way of the Cats. Back pocket, out of side. They are four behind. Spurs, one behind. There's a kick coming late. Impacting the contest was Tessari. She pushes it over the boundary line and out of play. Half forward flank, out of side for the Spurs. Ten and a half minutes into the second term. Here on RSN Carnival, Matt Marsden. Just looks a little bit too frantic at the moment for the Spurs. They know they've got the wind advantage and they had numbers forward. Just rush that opportunity. Hurry kick out of the pack there by Gogos. Wanted to go inside 50. It's Teague versus Mifsud. Mifsud won it, spun around, gave the hand pass back, looking for Bree White, who got dispossessed. Mithen went in there, fit the hand pass out to Blakeway, who slammed it on the right boot. Tried to gain some metres with the kick, but only for it to be turned over. Ferris now looking in the Shelly Scott direction. Had to take the mark before getting crunched. And she did so, and she'll be lining up for goal. Wants to back herself in from about 48 metres out. Pumps it in long towards the top of the square. McCarty Award, one hand on the pill, couldn't hang on to it. Cats trying to come out of defence. While under pressure was scoring, got rid of the hand pass. Managing to go to Mithidu, now went up the line. But straight down the throat there of Bree White. The Collingwood AFLW player and captain of the Spurs goes towards the hotspot. Jolly came at it, just bounced off of her chest. Went back in to try and get the football again. Couldn't do so. Watching on there is Woodruff. She can't get the football out. Mithen rakes up another possession. Going wide with her kick. Well and truly too wide. It is uh, out of bounds and we'll have a throw in. Half forward flank for the Spurs. They trail by three points in this low scoring contest at Mary's Oval. 12 minutes into the second term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. The umpire throws it back into play. Tap goes the way of Hines. Bought to ground. 
Now they try and work by hand to Maguire, who paddles it along the boundary line. It was kept in play by the Spurs, and they send it inside, attacking 50. Sitting underneath it was Ramsey, couldn't take the mark. White works her way around traffic, trying to get it to Mifsud in the forward pocket, pushed her opponent off the footy, feeds it by hand. She was searching there for Frankie, got knocked out of her hands. Spurs get an up-and-under kick, won't go the distance, caught immediately as Blakeway. They've got support here, though, Geelong. Birchall goes out of defensive 50, but it's going to come straight back in if the Spurs can get a clean possession. They don't. They're fumbling in the middle now of St. Mary's Oval. Cats with the numbers. Try and feed it towards the outside. Boyd traps it in. She's under pressure from Lister. Got brought to ground. The umpire calls play on. They're just trying to push it forward at the moment. The Cats, they work it to centre-half forward. Awkward bounce in defensive 50 for the Spurs. They're ragged holders. They got the kick away. The umpire says she was being held. And so a free kick will go the way at centre-half back, Pete. And they'll look for Ashley Guest, who's got a paddock to work with, but the ball bounced away from her. Mithin had it momentarily, then got dispossessed by Guest. The umpire said she never took possession, and she'll get the free kick. Lily Mithin turns around on the right, going towards the crashing direction at centre half foot. She got collected at the last moment, trying to get in there as Maguire as well for the Cats. Got it to Cranston, who worked it sideways, looking for Hines to run onto the football. Got beaten out by Lampard. Lampard goes for a run, works it well and truly wide. Underneath the the scoreboard as Jolly put on the pressure forced the ball over the boundary line and out of bounds. Six and a half minutes remaining in the second term. Cats lead by three points. The Cats are doing a great job in defence of playing uh, patient defence but when they get the ball outside of that arc and they're moving the ball forward, it's all just rushed and they start going through the corridor. The way they're getting the ball forward is by playing the boundary line. They need to do that more all the way up until their forward line. Spurs won the tap down. Lampard feeds the ball by hand to White. She gets the one-two here, Lampard, and kicks it straight up the corridor. Mark almost taken by Coventry at centre-half back. Feeds the handball back to Blakeway. High kick back in towards the middle of St Mary's Oval. Boyd sitting underneath it takes the mark. Maddie Boyd goes towards centre-half forward. Was searching for Mithin, and it was just over her head, and Murphy takes the mark in defence for the Spurs. Comes to the broadcast side, just went past Guest. Bouncing ball. Under pressure, getting it away was Nicolacci. The umpire says she didn't do it effectively. And so a free kick will go the way of the Cats. Centre wing on the broadcast side. And to take it will be Coventry. Coventry decides to wind up and go on the right. Goes straight up the line looking for Cranston. Beautiful mark. And Cranston plays on quickly. Bit of a flat mongrel punt though. In towards half forward. Quickly ducked the tackle. And the umpire says it was high. A free kick going the way of Trevine, who probably, Trevine giving it away, probably feels very unlucky when quickly uh, dropped the knees in that contest. And her kick turns over to Higgins. Higgins goes inside 50 with a football. Foot race on towards the top of the goal square. Trying to control it there for the Cats is federally or under pressure from Ferris, who forces the football over the boundary line and out of bounds. Forward pocket, five metres around, right hand point post, Cats attacking. First time it's been this close to goal at uh, that end of the ground, the city end. Umpire to bring the ball back into play. Goes over the back of the ruck contest. Sitting on the outside was Mangan. Couldn't take it cleanly. White now with an opportunity for the Spurs. Just gets boot to ball. Sitting on the outside is Goring. Pushes it back towards the boundary line. Jolly was there for the Spurs. Fed it by hand to Gogos. He gets it across to Mifsud. Ran into trouble. Blackway applying the pressure. Spurs with the numbers still. Murphy's now tackled. 
I just can't get a clean possession away and eventually Bree White sees it over the boundary line and out of play. Out of side, we'll get a throw in. Half forward flank for the Cats. 16 gone, second term. Cats four behinds. They lead by three. The Spurs just the minor score. Back into play. Hall versus Hardiman. Hardiman won it down. And it's all wrapped up with Sarah Jolly, who still managed to squeeze out a hand pass to Gogos, who then immediately got wrapped up. And we'll call for a bounce. And special comments, Matt Marston. It almost looks like both teams are, are just looking towards half-time. No team's really setting up structurally to attack. Going in there to win the rack contest again was Tessari for the Spurs. Just put it straight in towards a traffic jam. Gogos goes again. White there for support. Hand pass fired out, only to be intercepted. T shrugged off the tackle, went for a run. And a T goes inside 50 with the kick. Putting one hand up there for the Spurs. Lister at the back. Manages to work it sideways to Morgan who ducked and she was immediately caught. She could be G-O-N-E gone here. And the umpire blows the whistle and says, I'll call for a ball up. Lucky not to be pinned, the Spurs player. We're about 25 metres out from the Cats' goal. Four points to one point. Uh, it's the Cats leading the Spurs, and the Cats are kicking into a two or three goal breeze in this second term. Flying through the air there, Gamble brought the ball to ground. Opportunity, though, for the Cats, and they can find Cranston just went through her hands. Trying to dispossess a player there is Maguire. She did well. Cats still have the ball inside their forward 50 but they can't get a clean possession out of this pack, and the umpire has no choice but to call for a ball up. Still inside attacking 50 for Geelong. It's been there for the last three or so minutes. Cranston trying to get boot to ball. Lampard coming through the contest. Oh, had to feed the handball backwards. Now a spiralling kick towards the half-back flank on the broadcast side. Cats again with the numbers. Oh, they're juggling it, though, close to the boundary line. Coventry keeps it in. The handball bounces awkwardly there for Gunn. Kick back inside, attacking 50 for Geelong. Comes off hands. Lampard being held. The umpire calls play on. Spurs through Nicolacci. High ball. Coventry sitting underneath it. Did she take the mark? No. Gogos roving. Kicks it towards centre wing broadcast side. Goes over the top of the contest. And rebounding here will be Teague. Little one over the top. Was a little awkward there for Taylor. Another opportunity for the Spurs. Mifsud. Kick around the body. Goes through the fingers of White. On the deck in dispute. Gogos goes back in after it for the Spurs. And it's all wrapped up. Centre wing broadcast side. Cats by three points approaching half time here on the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Ball up in the air. Hall wins out the contest versus Tassari. But not going too far. It was coughed up by Birchall and the Spurs kick it around the corner towards centre wing. Parked underneath it there. Birchall went back to get her own kick. And the umpire says you've been caught for holding the football just before Rebecca Goring could run away with it. Opportunity here for quickly to run onto it. The ball just got away from her. Awkward bounce. Birchall chases it up. Gets around on the right boot. Dangerous kick in board. Danuccio made a contest of it. Hall came charging through. Ball on the ground as Danuccio barrows in again. Caught by Maguire. Umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. Matt Marsden. And with just under a minute to go in the quarter, if you're Hannah Birchall, you don't want to be putting that ball into the corridor. One minute left. You've almost done the job. Don't give it to the Spurs late. Ball back underway. And they'll go inside attacking 50 here. The Spurs just through the fingers of Gunn, but was able to trap the ball in. She'll hold things up. 45 out from goal. It's shoveled out the back of the pack. Birchall waiting on the outside. Flick the handball across to her teammate. High ball towards the wing. Darby got crunched quickly, trying to feed the handball out to Gamble up against the boundary line. Her kick is smothered by a desperate Miffin. 
Sees the ball over the boundary line and out of play right in front of our broadcast position. And as good as a goal, that one. They'll get another one here as the siren sounds for halftime at St. Mary's Oval. The Cats four behinds. The Spurs only able to get the one minus score. There's a bit of action happening down in the Spurs forward 50. A bit of push and shove. Separates now, though. An interesting half of footy. The conditions are wreaking havoc here at St. Mary's Oval, but interestingly, no score able to get an advantage with the wind. No, it's a, a really weird sort of a game. Usually in these games, you'll you'll either see both teams take advantage of the wind, or at least one, and, and there's a bit of a difference at halftime. It's very odd to see two teams that are so close on the scoreboard having not taken advantage of that wind. So it's a bit of a crazy game, really. It's a if you're coming down, you might want to see this one because it's a, uh, not necessarily for the wrong reasons, but it's pretty intriguing. I think I think the the way to sum it up is whoever makes the most of the opportunity going forward will be the one that wins because at the moment it hasn't been clean footy. It's been scrappy. There's a lot of numbers around the footy. The one that gets the structure right, the one that's able to go cleanly inside 50, that's the team that's going to win. And they've both shown glimpses but they both haven't executed. And I think you have to say that Geelong maybe had the better of that half. They had the more scoring shots in the quarter, but Sarah Jolly having a shot oh, almost straight in front for the VU Western Spurs and spraying that across the face. I mean, in a game like this, it could just make all the difference. Four behinds to one behind Geelong leading the VU Western Spurs as the Spurs girls are about to come off the ground down front of a crowd of around four or 500 here at uh, St Mary's Oval in Cardinia Park. The crowd will, of course, continue to build towards that uh, Geelong and Richmond AFL men's match, which will be uh, getting underway soon. The breeze will be with the Cats in the third quarter. The Spurs will come home with it in the final term. And uh, don't you go anywhere, because this game does have a big say on finals football. We talked about the Spurs, if they win, and they got the date with Destiny against the Sharks. Geelong, just quickly before I hit the halftime break, have a very interesting scenario. If they hold on and win, not only do they need to beat the Eastern Devils twice in two weeks, which may be a probability, but also... They need the Spurs to knock off the Sharks next week. <laughs> so on one hand, they want to beat them. the other hand, they want them to win. It's an interesting uh, position to be in. And as you say, it's an interesting fixture for Geelong having to play the Eastern Devils twice in the last two games of the season. But it certainly throws up uh, a couple of interesting uh, scenarios heading into the, the back half of the season, which has been a really competitive one. It is going right down to the wire at this point in time. The top four is not set. There's still a lot of movement that can play out, even though you'd, you'd think now Darabin are probably going to finish on top, and, geez, haven't they come on strong? And if Darabin and Diamond Creek finish first and second, and if Melbourne Union, let's say the Sharks, finish fourth, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Same, same, but different. I think if you're a coach in this situation, we know obviously they don't want to be talking or thinking about finals, but... The game's just been so close, and it's one of those ones that, you know, one magical passage could change the result of it. It's almost hard not to talk about how big this game is. I, I think it might be now time for a paint peeler. It might be time for uh, a good old-fashioned paint peeler from Debbie Lee in the rooms. If not at halftime, at least at three-quarter time, saying, well, do you want to play finals football? Because you're not flying like it. That'll be, that will be uh, the thing, because uh, there ain't no tomorrow. You know, you're not going to... Let's be honest, they're not going to knock off the Falcons in the final round. They need to win this one and then beat the Sharks. So for the Spurs, 
their test comes in the next 40 minutes. We'll take this opportunity to take a break on RSN Carnival. When we come back, we're going to have Shona McGinnis talk about the VAFA finals that are being played this weekend. It's a three-point lead to the Cats at halftime. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. It's access all areas to the game of golf. No, I did win, actually. Inside the ropes, talks with the Aussie golfing guns at home and overseas. I just aimed for the back of the green and it actually spun back and saw about the sport. It's all thanks to Golf Australia. That's an extraordinary achievement. Inside the ropes. Every Sunday morning from 6 to 7. Obviously, the weekend was a great result. On RSN 927. Some bandit on a handicap of 20 come in. Or catch it streaming live and podcast everywhere at rsn.net.au. The symptoms of ovarian cancer sound like part of every woman's life. Abdominal bloating, abdominal or back pain, appetite loss, changes in toilet habits, unexplained weight gain or loss, indigestion or heartburn, fatigue. But if these symptoms are unusual for you and they persist, please see your doctor. For more information, visit the Ovarian Cancer Program website at nbocc.org.au. Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. Now on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, it's time to check out the VAFA Women's Competition and we've got on the line Shana McInnes. Shana, how are you? I'm great, Peter. How are you going? Not too bad at all. It's preliminary final weekend. Let's kick off first by having a look at the William Buck Premier Women's Division, the preliminary final being on the Sunday afternoon. Yep, that's on tomorrow um, afternoon at 2pm down at Trevor Barker Oval between Fitzroy and Marcelin. And as we know, uh, last week, uh, Saints, Scott Saints defeated Fitzroy and sent them into the preliminary final and Marcelin had a good win over Old Trinity. So um, that's going to be a good game tomorrow. In Division 1, Bill Laurie Oval today at 2pm. Yeah, it's actually 2.10. We've got it a bit staggered because there's a triple header there today. Um, so that's St Mary's uh, versus Bo Morris. Bo Morris had what I think was an upset win over at Halebury last weekend. They beat them by five points to get into the preliminary final and St Mary's had a very doer struggle with West Brunswick and were beaten by a point. And so St Mary's and Bowie will be uh, battling it out this afternoon. The game before that at Bill Laurie Oval is at 11.50 and it's Collegians and Old Kerry. It is. I uh, I went to the um, Collegians Old Camberwell uh, second semi last week and it was just a great game of footy. Old Camberwell had been pretty dominant in the second half of the season but Collegians took it right up to them and were only defeated by six points. Uh, and Kerry had a very strong win over Ivanhoe, so uh, that game will be uh, pretty much about to start. It, that uh, should be a close one. Uh, at Trevor Barker Oval tomorrow, 11.40, uh, Ajax take on Old Mentonians in Division 3. Yes, well, uh, Masnod had a surprise upset win over Ajax uh, last Sunday. They beat them by two points. So Masnod have gone straight into the grand final. And Ajax and Old Mentonians are going to battle it out tomorrow for a spot in the grand final. And uh, currently underway as we speak at Bill Laurie Oval in Northcote, uh, South Melbourne Districts and Scobbs Seconds. Yes, it'll be interesting to see uh, who comes through with that one too. We'll 
Scobbs, I think, had a, an upset win last week. They beat Swinburne. They were down all day. Three-quarter time, Swinburne was still in front. Um, I think the coach made a few key changes and uh, Scobbs, one of their defenders, kicked a goal and put them in front and Scobbs made it through. And, of course, the winner of that one uh, taking on Hawthorne next week. Now, also uh, during the week, you uh, announced the league best and fairest. Well, we'd announced divisions one through to four on Wednesday night. They were broadcast um, on the radio on Monday night. As we mentioned last week, we have our big gala um, presentation night where we will do the premier Best and Ferris live. But last Wednesday night, we um, announced our... We did a countdown, and the winner of Division 1 Best and Ferris was Kate McQueen from Ormond. And the winner of the Division 2 was Rihanna Green from Old Camberwell. And Division 3 winner was Chelsea Fisher from Ajax. And Division 4 winner was Penny Brown from Hawthorne. So Hawthorne have had a good year. Indeed they have. And a special place in history, isn't it, for these women when they go on the honour boards, they will always be at the top. They'll always be the first ever women to win that particular best and fairest in that particular division. They will be, and uh, it was interesting. Penny Brown was who is the was the um, best and fairest winner of Division Four. When they read out her name, she technically was the first best and fairest winner ever um, announced for Vatha Women's Footy. So that's a bit of a milestone as well. Yeah, it's a little piece of history she can uh, tell friends, families, kids, etc. Uh, going into the future. Yeah, so I think there's been a lot of those moments in the BAPA women's competition this year. We've, we've certainly um, created a lot of milestones, that's for sure. And just quickly before we let you go, of course, uh, over this week we've had uh, the USA Liberty uh, take on Bulling, Templestar Bulling partner taken on the Monash Uni Blues last night at, at uh, Monash University. And uh, they've got a couple of more games coming up, uh, I believe, on Sunday and then on Wednesday. Yes, yeah, so uh, tomorrow morning they're playing uh, a West Brunswick second side. One of the West Brunswick have a developmental side. As we know, West Brunswick have gone through to the grand final next week of the Div 1. So they're playing them tomorrow morning and they're playing Oakley on uh, Wednesday night. And I, I, um, uh, when they played Bulleen Temp on um, Tuesday night, Bulleen Temp, um, the girls from Liberty rang me and said they were very happy that Bulleen Temp had very kind of let them have a win. <laughs> that little piece of history, <laughs> that little piece of history is this is the first time ever the USA Liberty, which is the development side for the USA women, have actually won a game anywhere. That's right. So they, they were actually, um, texted me soon after and said that they were so excited they'd actually had a win. So I said, we're, I said, we're very good like that in Australia. We, um, <laughs> Bulleen Temp people are very kind to you. Well, Shana, thank you very much for joining us here on RSN Carnival. We look forward to catching up with you next week when we preview the VAFA Women's Grand Finals. Yes, and we'll be able to announce, of course, the uh, Premier Best and Fairest winner, which we will find out who that is on Monday night. Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. And welcome back to the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. We were just talking off blog about the AFL International Cup, which of course is uh, being uh, played on at the moment. Two rounds are being played so far, 
and uh, well, of course round three for the women uh, on this Sunday. Uh, Matt Marston and Matthew Cox, we've been talking about um, how women's footy's been coming along for some of the countries. Poor old Pakistan, unfortunately, this is their first tournament ever. Uh, they do have a full-team local league. They decided um, they only got their visas a, a week after the tournament. And uh, they've been smashed by about 160 points plus in every game that they've been playing. But they're having a go. Yeah, look, you've got to start somewhere. And obviously you can be critical. But, I mean, most of these players would have never played a competitive game of football outside of their country or against the standard as it is in the International Cup. So uh, you do have to start somewhere. And, and as we sort of mentioned while we were on break there, Fiji, you have a look at them. Last Ooh. time they came out, they were smashed from pillar to post. And, and they've just pushed Canada. The reigning champs to lose by a point, and against Great Britain, the European champions, they went down by nine points. And you look at that and you go, geez, Fiji, you flip a couple of those results and you're in the semi-finals. They, they had sides worried. They did. Uh, interesting tactics. Just love Fiji as, as a destination. Oh, but. yeah. <laughs> and ironically, the captain of Great Britain, uh, Laura Turner, who's married to her teammate, uh, Rania Ramadan, they got married a week before heading out to the tournament. They're actually having their honeymoon in Fiji <laughs> <laughs> after this tournament. So um, so I've just gone, well, when you're playing the Fijians, you could just ask a couple of players during a lull in play and whatever and just go, what's a few spots I should just yeah. check out? You know, <laughs> you, you know the area. So. Where's the nightlife at? And they're like, well, if you could, and if you, are you guys playing a game when we get over there? We wouldn't, you know, mind having a... <laughs> having a kick around the park. But um, more matches of that on uh, this Sunday, as we're saying. It's round three before they head to the semi-final stage. Uh, Coxie, you're heading out to Melbourne University, 12 o'clock tomorrow, for the European Crusaders. You have to win a game taking on the USA Freedom, who need to win to make the semis. Yeah, interesting game, isn't it, for uh, the USA? They need to get a win. Not sure what condition Tin Alley's in at the moment, either. Do either of you know whether it's... Last, a... last time we saw it, I went down there about three or four weeks ago, and it wasn't in a, it wasn't a mud patch. It was actually like it's a Mary's Oval, what we're seeing at the moment, is actually in fairly good nick. So hopefully we're going to get a, a good game, and of course... Um... Just noticed uh, Shelley Scott uh, taped up the left knee and is limping as she comes back yeah, on. Yeah, favouring us. Straight to the bench. Yeah, not uh, not good there for, for Scott, but uh, as you were saying, it's going to be a good contest. Obviously the Crusaders looking to uh, finish on a high note uh, as they come towards uh, the end of the, the tournament and uh, USA looking to, to fight it out. And that'll be through the USAFL YouTube page, that stream, and we'll put it on Girls Play Footy's Facebook page uh, tomorrow. Uh, Matt Marsden, uh, the game that I'll be calling uh, as well for CBC Canada, and hopefully we'll be able to get a link to put on our Facebook page as well. Uh, Canada versus Great Britain, both of those two teams undefeated. The reigning champions versus the European champions. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a, a big clash and probably the biggest clash that we'll see uh, in this tournament, really. It's it's one of those ones where you, you wonder whether the guard's going to change a little bit or, you know, there's so much on the line there and obviously whoever loses is going to have to wait a uh, big space of years to get one back over them. Uh, Ireland taking on Papua New Guinea. That game's at Hallam Recreation Reserve at 2pm. Uh, Ireland should win, but don't uh, underestimate the Papua New Guineans who thrashed uh, the European Crusaders by 50-odd points and then uh, only went down to the US by about 20 points. Yeah, I think they've got a bit of scrap about them, that team. They you know, they go at it hard and they do the little things that you want as a football team. And when, you, when you're not uh, playing as together as much or you haven't got the skills as much if you can unite as a team then it just goes a long way and the PNG have certainly shown that in this tournament Pakistan of course play Fiji 
uh, in their final game of the round-robin matches, that game being held at Mulgrave Reserve, the Eastern Devils. And uh, I've got to feel sorry for the Pakistanis because apparently one of them told one of the Canadian players, please don't hit me. That, that was that was a story during the rounds. And if that's the case, uh, look out for the Fijians. They're the hardest tackling side in the competition. Guys, uh, Shelley Scott's just walked back into the room, so her day is done, you would think, for the Spurs. Uh, and it's a bit of a disappointment for her because she was playing quite a good game. Indeed, um, and let's hope it's nothing serious that keeps her out for the rest of the season. Let's just hope it's just a bit of a knock that keeps her out for just today's game. Just quickly as well, the semi-finals for that uh, will be on Tuesday at uh, Ransford Oval in Royal Park if you want to get along. Uh, and this, when I say semis, it's the, what I call the semis for the top four, and the bottom four will also play their respective semi-finals. Because what will happen in Coxie? You're calling on Friday at Royal Park, um, third place down to eighth place. There's a playoff for those positions. Yeah, so uh, slots still on the line, even though you're, if you're not playing up the top end of the, the ladder, there's still a bit of pride to be won towards the back end of the week. So at least uh, for those bottom teams, they still get another two games in the carnival as well. The final being held around about, I think it's 4:30 p.m. next Saturday at Etihad Stadium. To get us underway for the third quarter, here's Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. Four behinds Geelong, one behind the Spurs. Yet to get a goal in this game of the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition. Ball at half forward for the Spurs is all wrapped up. The tackle there applied by Ramsey. So we'll get another ball up. Half forward for the Spurs. Hall comes over the top. Guest roving. Flicks the ball by hand across. They're in a bit of trouble. Guest will see, receive the handball back. In the middle of St. Mary's Oval, she goes very short to Mifsud. Outside attacking 50 for the Spurs. High ball. Inside 50. Bounces awkwardly out there for Ward. Chasing after it close to the boundary line on the outer side. It beats all comers. We will get a throw in. Half forward flank outer side for the Spurs. Approaching the first minute mark of the third term here at St Mary's Oval. Good crowd gathering around the ground. High throw in. Hardeman won the tap down. Gogos receives it just before the boundary line. The kick inside attacking 50. Davis in a battle. Was able to shovel the ball out of the contest. White now slaps it into the advantage there of Hardeman. Couldn't take clean possession away. Geelong spilled the beans. Gogos fighting hard. Gets a scrubbing kick out of the pack. Jolly with her head over the footy. Shrugs off the tackle. Another scrubber kick towards the top of the goal square. Doesn't pay off. Mithen feeds the ball by hand. And on the outside, Blakeway gets a high kick towards the wing. Juggling it, not taking it. Danuccio sends it back towards half forward where Goring takes the mark. And feeds off a hand pass to Darby. It feeds off another hand pass coming up the line with a long left kick. This is Darby now, rather, who tries to go for a mark to Nichiok Pummy. It was Teasdale going with her. And the umpire's put out a free kick. It said Darby will get that. Half forward flank for the Cats. She's under the light tower, Simmons Stadium side of the ground. Kate Darby now with the footballs. Numbers flooding to their forward 50. Calling for it. A lead not acknowledged at 30 metres out by Boyd. Now goes in the direction where Boyd will go from behind, but the breeze took it and it got away from Lampard. The ball hit the ground. Uh, Hardeman watches on, waiting for it to squeeze out. It does. They try to get a hurry little snap away, but waiting back there is Mifsud in the back line. He just slams boot to ball, clears it towards the half-back flank on the broadcast side. Awkward bouncing football tee, trying to be pushed off of it by Frankie. Frankie harassing. In goes Davies. He's caught by Mithen. Buried into the ground. Geo and he gone. But the umpire says no proper opportunity and we'll have a bounce. 
on the corner of the centre square broadcast side favouring the Cats. Therefore behind the Spurs, just the minus score, two and a half into the third term. More Lampard sold Candy beautifully, kicked it to a vacant centre half forward. Ward will be able to run onto it, but she has to stop, prop, wait for players to run forward. The handball given back to Lampard. Lampard 45 goes towards goal for the Spurs. Falls short in the pocket. Jolly goes to ground. Feeds the ball out by hand. Frankie waiting out the back. Flicks the handball back to Davis. Goes towards the top of the goal square for the Spurs. Gun trying to push it in front of herself, but she was holding on to her opponent. And the free kick will go the way of the Cats' back pocket out of sight. Huge credit to Michaela Ward there. She got the ball on half forward, and instead of just bombing it forward where the Cats would have got the ball back, she stopped, propped, looked for a handball, and they got a deep entry that was uh, almost effective. Looking to go in the going direction, got knocked out of her hands. Cranston was lurking nearby as well. Hand pass going in the Hardeman direction, beaten out for the football. Blackway wanted to go in for it, did well. Uh, going in to lay the tackle is Elise Gamble, and the umpire blows the whistle and uh, by the look of it calls for a ball up. Centre half forward here for the BU Western Spurs. They're down by three points. Four minutes gone, third term. RSN Carnival, digital radio. Up in the air again we go. Trying to knock it forward there was Hoare. Ball hit the ground. Miss it just shoved over a player on the way through. Went in to try and pick up the footy, but it's all locked in, and the umpire has no chance, no choice but to call for another bounce. And special comments, Matt Marsden. She really is a sort of modern style of a, of a ruckman, or ruck woman, Aaron Hoare. She does all the tackling and all the the hard things at the contest that maybe you don't expect from someone her height. And she won it down again that time around. The ball's wrapped up immediately. Half forward flank on the outer side for the Spurs, kicking into the breeze in this third term, and we reckon it's about a two or three goal breeze they're kicking into. Ball shoveled out the back of the pack. Cats with the numbers. Little chip kick over the tops okay to Federley. Half back flank on the outer side. Another chip kick. It's up Boyd. Hitting up targets in the moment. Now they come in board. Perfect spotting up there. Mangan takes the mark. Middle of St. Mary's Oval. Wobbly one towards half forward. Made it difficult for Higgins. Cats those still win the numbers. They'll kick it inside attacking 50. High ball for Derby underneath it. Got pressured. Ball brought to ground. They still win the numbers. Pushing it forwards steadily. White tackled into the turf. The umpire said, we're going nowhere. I'll ball it up. 20 metres out from goal. Broadcast side for the Cats. They lead by three points. Five and a half into the third term here on RSN Carnival. Very good crowd here at St Mary's Oval. Even a few Richmond supporters have come along to take a look as the ball is thrown up in the air. One out by Boyd in that contest, but the ball went straight to ground. Circling the pack there is Garring. She doesn't go in there. So she's tagged by Denuccio. And the umpire says, we'll call for a ball up. Guess who on the bottom of the deck? The one and only Lily Mithin. Fighting in hard again for the pill. Umpire throws the ball up in the air. We go away once more. Adam brought the ball to ground. Trying to go in there is Guest. Denuccio as well. Caught with the football is Garring. Umpire says it's going nowhere. I'll have a quick ball up, thanks. As both Rucks put their hands up in the air. Big slap down there by Hawk. Got away from Teasdale, who now finally got the football back courtesy of White. She was uh, caught straight away. And the umpire says, let's have another ball up. 20 metres out from the Cats' goal. So in the first six minutes, both sides have had opportunities inside 50. Neither have been able to capitalise. Geelong have to make something of this now, and Boyd's going to have a shot on goal, and she's going to get out first. Maddie Boyd with the first goal here at St Mary's Oval. The Cats move to 1-4-10. 
Spurs won behind six and a half minutes in to the third term here on RSN Carnival. Matt Marsden. You can almost see that one coming. There was a lot of numbers for Geelong uh, on the opposite side of the goal side for uh, the contest. And look, all it, all it required was either a tap or a hand pass back out and Matty Boyd was the one who the ball came to and still had to do some work to get around her defender. And it was a really good kick in the end. As we noted, rank water for the Spurs today, one of the Hoskings. We can't take it Sarah or Jess because they're twins. So we don't know which one is which. I need to walk around for life with their names tattooed on their heads. <laughs> which one's who? As the ball is thrown up in the air. One down there by Hoare. Mithin tried to go through the pack. Got thrown into the ground. Umpire says that's in the back. A free kick. Lily Mithin gets up immediately. Goes for the hurry kick. It works out okay. Now with the footballers. Garing who kicked inside. 50 point again. Almost pulled it in. Fedley just slammed it on the boot. Looking for Darby. One bounce away from her. Skittled her and opponent. Back to Darby and the goal square. Cats fans celebrate. They get around her. And they jump to a lead now of 2-4-16, leading the Spurs one behind. And the Cats fans are becoming vocal. Yeah, 46 and a half minutes of football. We don't get a goal. And then within one minute, we've got two. Make sense of that. <laughs> Good old footy, don't we? Love it. it. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Just get into a dangerous spot at the top of the square, and it does. It's, it, it always works itself out. But how important is it in the context of the match where it's been such a struggle to get any score? The Cats get two goals in the matter of a minute. That could prove costly for the Spurs. Back in the middle, Gogos is map, wrapped up immediately. The umpire says we'll have a secondary ball up inside the centre circle. Eight minutes in to the third term here on RSN Carnival. Hoare wins the tap down. Spurs, though, roving the contest. Take a while to get rid of it. There was Ferris. Put it up and under. Gogos coming through. Gee, she's worked hard today. But she couldn't get rid of it cleanly that time around. And Geelong will get a free kick. Defensive side of the centre circle. They come short. Oh, poor kick. Hits up Guest on the chest. Centre wing broadcast side for the Spurs. Need to respond after two quick goals kicked by the Cats. High ball towards centre-half forward. Went over the back of the contest. White chasing it. Almost received the handball. Hardeman coming through. Works it back by hand to Ferris. Spun her way through traffic and a kick inside attacking 50 for the Spurs. Went through the fingertips there of Teague. And the Cats get a kick out. Davis chasing it, pushes it over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in, half forward flank, out of side for the VU Western Spurs. They're one behind, they trail by 15 points, nine minutes into the third term. As we wait for the ball to come back into play, Hardeman versus Hoare in the contest. Missed them both, hit the ground, just punched to advantage there by Birchall. Only to be accepted by White, he swung around, put it in the guest direction at centre-half forward. Tried to punch it away from Mithin, but Mithin did well to hold up the contest. Gave away a quick little hand pass, was looking for Garring again. She's immediately wrapped up, and the umpire circling the pack allows it to go on, hoping for the football to come out. It does so. Guest tries to feed it out, saw Danuccio running by, but intercepted instead. Blakeway now tries to switch in towards the Cranston direction. Cranston had it, dropped it, then got it. Gave away the hand pass, calling forward is Boyd. Boyd's got space, runs onto it at half forward. Has Darby to work to. Hand pass to Darby. Oh, she had it and dropped it like a piece of soap. Darby shrugged off a tackle. 15 metres out, and she gets it. Kate Darby has two in the space of four minutes. 
and the Cats are starting to run away now. They move to the 3-4-22. The Spurs one behind. Ten minutes gone, third term on RSN Carnival. Matt Marston. It's just dropped their bundle here a little bit, the Spurs. They had the ball on their half-forward line, and they were just so desperate to get that ball inside 50 that they weren't working hard enough to go backwards. And as we saw, they moved the ball from the half back to, to the uh, well, a running shot onto the into the goal from, uh, from Kate Darby. So they just did it a bit too easily. Always had the extra number. It's one of those situations where it's still only a three or four goal game now, but if they let them get off the leash, it's a five or six goal game and you can't come back from it. Just quick note for Cats fans at the ground. The Cats win their finals. Hopes are alive. They take on the Eastern Devils next Sunday, one o'clock at Deakin University. Ball back in the middle. Jolly went through her hands. Guest under pressure gets spun around and dropped the footy. The umpire calls play on. Cats shovel it forward. Opportunity opens up for Trevine. Flick the handball across to her teammate who runs to 48. Shot on goal. Bacon goal square. Bounced unfavourably for the Cats. But roving and goaling. Magnificent goal there from Fedderley. And the Cats are beginning to run away with it here at St. Mary's Oval. They're 4-4-28. The Spurs stuck on one behind. 11 and a half minutes into the third term here on RSN Carnival. Shh, shh. Matt, can you hear that? That, that? That's the floodgates opening. Oh, I think so. It's just, I can't get over it. We waited 46 <laughs> minutes for a first goal. We got four in the space of five minutes. The Cats at the moment... They just have a sniff of finals football, as we said. If they win today, they want the Spurs to beat the Sharks next week and they want to beat the Devils, who they have in back-to-back games over the next two weeks. Could you imagine the Cats on debut getting into the finals series as the ball is on the deck? Cranston managed to harass Jolly out of the football. Hand pass back. Goring had it, dropped it, had to go back and get it again. Being ridden, probably was Woodruff being ridden there by Gunn. Ball managed to squeeze out. Going after it was Maguire, but taken away by White. White went towards the central corridor looking for Ward Ward went for a big fresh air swipe at the football missed it completely ball hit the deck Ward went in one more time again umpire's blown the whistle and said there was a throw in that contest and it will be a free kick going the way of the VU Western Spurs and it's to Bree White the captain she has the ball centre of the ground trying to settle things down for the Spurs they trail by 27 points over the halfway point of the third term the kick from White then go to its intended target and the mark was taken by Williams for the Cats. High ball towards the centre wing on the outer side. There'll be a free kick and it will go the way of Geelong. So to take it on the outer side. Cats with possession of the footy. Chip kick over the top. It's a risky one looking for Blake White. Under all sorts of pressure from the Spurs. Gester flies the clamps. Bree White now trying to get something. Gogos also trying to extract it. She gets wrapped up. The umpire says we're going nowhere and we'll ball it up. Underneath the scoreboard that reads 4-4-28 Geelong. One behind the VU Western Spurs. 13 and a half minutes into the third term on RSN Carnival. Guest tries to go in and get the football. She just tapped it along the ground within the feet of the land pass out. Now just dancing around there. Blakeway drew the opponent. Now going back and around in a circle. Going in the direction of Woodruff, who did end up doing the shepherding work in that passage of play. Teague, oh, spun out of play beautifully. Got the hand pass, Hines. Now moves it out towards the wing, looking for Boyd. He's got space on Gamble here. And Boyd manages to shrug her off. Shrugged off the second, Matty Boyd. Shrugs off a third, hand pass, though, intercepted oh. by Hardiman. And then Boyd did the smothering work. She's just go, 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 like an energizer bunny. She's wrapped up, though, by Denicio. 
And we'll call for a ball up. That's great work from Boyd. She's beaten four then. Well, how good's confidence? She slams through a goal and suddenly she's lifted to another level. She's been good all game, but as you said, Matt, this third term has been outstanding from Maddie Boyd as Cranston applies a great tackle there on Davis. Ball spills out of the contest. Cranston again trying to find after it. Ball comes out in favour of White. Did she get a push in the back? No, she didn't. Virtual's taken the ground. Mithen now kicks it high towards the half-forward flank. Broadcast side. Ball racing away and over the boundary line and out of play in front of Frankie. We'll have a throw-in. 50 out from goal. Broadcast side for the Cats with a handy lead at the 15-minute mark of the third term. 4-4-28 plays one behind. The umpire sends it back into play. Tap goes the way of Hines. Jolly applies the tackle and then tries to extract the footy out of the pack. Looping handball backwards. Wasn't paid as a handball. That was virtual. It was a throw according to the umpire and the free kick will go the way of Morgan in defensive 50 for the Spurs. Morgan tries to spot up Guest and that's who takes it. Guest just near our broadcast position in front of the club rooms here at St Mary's Oval. Crowd is built again here to see the Cats up by 27 points. Here's the kick in towards the middle of the ground. Good tap forward by the captain there in Goring. Lampard chases after the football, immediately wraps up her opponent and the umpire says there's no prior opportunity for Birchall to get it out so I'll call for a ball up. Special comments Matt Marsden. Yeah, I think it's gut check time now. If the Cats slam through another one, that's game over but if the Spurs hold them out, it's still attainable. Highs now managed to get forward to Crasset. Crasset going in the derby direction over her head. Boy waiting out the back there, trying to harass Gamble out of the football. Oh, it squeezed out to Derby! Directly in front! Bang! And the Cats slam on another. You said it, Matt, and they executed ten seconds later. Four minutes remaining in the third term. The Cats 5-4-34. Lead a disappointing VU Western Spurs, one behind. And that's Darby's third as well that she's racked up again in this high-scoring third quarter that has just come out of nowhere. Five of the Cats' goals have been scored through Kate Darby, but it's really just the way that they're pressing forward, the Cats. They're getting a lot of their goals. In fact, they've got all their goals running into it. So, uh, look, I think maybe the damn wall is certainly just busted through this quarter. Ball back in the middle. Spurs with a lot of work to do. The tap. Well, we get a whistle here in the middle and a free kick. Looks like it's going the way of the Spurs. This will be the second week in a row that the VU Western Spurs could be road-killed. They were in at a three-quarter time, five goals to one against Melbourne Uni last week and then a seven-goal final turn from Uni. White goes towards the outer half-forward flank, comes off hands, and then pushing it towards the boundary line out there is Teague. And eventually she gets it. We'll have a boundary throw in between centre wing and half-forward outer side for the Spurs. They trail by 33 points, three left on the clock in the third term here at St. Mary's Oval in the Cadinia Park Precinct. Ball brought back into play. Cranston roving the contest, spins around the kick off target and dribbles over the boundary line and out of play in front of Bree White. He's looking a little frustrated at the moment, guys. I wonder why. They're seeing their finals aspirations slip right before their very eyes as... Winning it down there, Hines slapped it forward again, went to chase it up. Ward got immediately claimed by Trevine. Going in there as Cranston to try and force some pressure, but the ball moved forward for the Spurs only as far as Guest. Guest tried to kick it off the ground, went back in to try and get it up again. Gogos managing to dispossess Ramsey, but the catch still with plenty of numbers and plenty of run coming off half-back. No, the umpire's blown the whistle for a player that's gone down behind play, and it'll be against Bree White that's going the way by the look of it of Hayley Trevine. will get up 
Feeling a bit worse for wear. Two minutes remaining in the third term. Cats by 4.34, leading the Spurs one behind on RSN Carnival. Imagine if they get another goal here, the Cats. Ball at half back. They'll chip it short. And they hit up the captain in Goring. Centre half back for Geelong. She'll flick the handball over the top to Mithen. Who comes wide with the kick and the mark will be taken by Anna Teague. Half back flank on the broadcast side. Kick down along the boundary line. Oh, great courage shown by both players there. The mark is taken by Blakeway. Gamble feeling worse for wear after that one. Tremendous courage from both, both players. She's holding on to the, uh, the midsection area. Could be either ribs or something a bit internal. So they've moved it inboard a couple of metres. And the umpire says you're free to take the kick now, Blakeway. Centre wing broadcast side for the Cats. Long ball, inside attacking, 50 point out the back. What a quarter of football she's having, Matty Boyd. Unopposed, she's called to play on now, has to flick the handball over the top to Higgins, who got caught by Bree White. The umpire calls play on, spills to the deck in dispute. The umpire is going to come in and say, give it to me, I'll ball it up. 40 out from goal. Do I start writing Matty Boyd's name on the Rebel Sport voucher, Matt? Oh, look, I think it's... Give it another quarter. We'll see what happens. Here is, uh, of course, Kate Darby with three goals on the board. Say, poor old Kate Darby's been hit. <laughs> Ball up, 40 metres out from goal for the Cats. Cranston fists it forward. And they've got the numbers again. Higgins puts it at the top of the goal square. It's taken through, though, by Morgan for a minor score. 5-5, five, five, 35, the Cats. One behind the VU Western Spurs. They've got a big quarter ahead of them as they kick it back into play. They will be kicking with the breeze, though, in the final term. Gogos chasing after it, trying to paddle it along the carpet. Ended up with a footy, got, but got brought down by Taylor. And she's wrapped up. The umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. On the three-quarter time siren here at St. Mary's Oval in Geelong. 5-5-35, the Cats... An impressive window of 10 minutes has pretty much put one hand on getting through to the finals. And pretty much uh, said, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be to the Spurs, because uh, Matt Marsden, a loss to the Spurs in this game, means for them to make the finals. Not only do they have to beat the Sharks next week, they would then have to pull off an improbable victory against the Falcons in the final round. Yeah, and certainly you've got to have a look around at what other teams are doing, and when you have to start doing that, that's when you know that it's it's pretty difficult. You don't want to have to rely on anybody else, and generally when you do have to rely on other teams, it doesn't seem to work out for you, but Geelong, I mean, what a quarter of football. They only had five scoring shots, but it doesn't really matter when you put five one five big majors on the scoreboard, including a, a very, I don't think we haven't talked we haven't talked about it a whole lot. Michelle Fidelli's goal from the pocket. That was a bloody ripper. Came, it came out of nothing. Indeed, she was in on a difficult angle. She almost had to snap it back right over her shoulder to make sure that it squeezed through the middle. And talking about goal kickers, Coxie, what do the goal kickers look like there at quarter time, uh, three-quarter time? Well, three to Kate Darby. We've got one to Matty Boyd and one to Michelle Federley as well. But I think Matty Boyd had about three goal assists um, in that quarter. She's been pivotal for the Cats and they are up and about at three-quarter time. 5-4-34 Geelong. The Spurs have only got a minor score on the board, and that came in the second term. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here on girlsplayfooty.com's Match of the Day here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. The Cats are leading. They're more than five goals up. Can the Spurs rally to, to kick six goals with the breeze? It's going to be a heck of a task. We'll find out after this. 
three form heavyweights. They just went flat out the whole way. Dean Lester, Warren Huntley, David Gately. Leading Sunday's racing review. It's correct weight. Sunday mornings from eight. It's the wrap of Saturday's key racing with the word from the winning connections. She looks a really exciting filly. Then from 9.30, Brad Baker takes over with the Sunday racing preview. Checking in around Australia. This is Sam Highland about to give us the latest track conditions. Dean Lester leads correct weight. Sunday mornings from eight on RSN 927. Thanks to the tap. We love a bet. Hi, I'm Lane Beachley. Cartridges for Planet Art just had its biggest year ever. On average, 13,500 printed cartridges were collected every working day. And they were all turned into useful things like pens, garden beds, even road surfaces. So thanks to everyone who recycled from home, work or school. To make the coming year even bigger, check out cartridges.planetart.org. Children drown in portable pools every year in Australia. Others are hospitalised because of non-fatal drowning incidents. Young children can easily topple in and drowning is silent and happens quickly. Royal Life Saving and Consumer Affairs Agencies across Australia are reminding people to take important safety steps like active supervision of kids in and around portable pools. The question is, can you make it safe? For more information and simple safety tips, visit royallifesaving.com.au forward slash make it safe. One of them is where I shake my head to get my hair out of my eyes. There's another one where I sort of do like a little squeaking in my throat. Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder that affects thousands of Australians. It is characterised by involuntary movements and vocal noises called tics. We can't help it and we're just like you in every other way. So visit Tourette's.org.au even that Hey guys, I'm Jess and I'm Lisa from the Veronica's for Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink, not the person who's had the least to drink. It's cool to do and it shows you care about your friends. If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever. Face it, their lives are in your hands. So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out? You'll make the road safer for all of us. I usually wear white. And I prefer black. But lately, we've been getting into orange. When you're wearing SES orange, you know you're making a difference. And you're learning great new skills. You'd be surprised how good you'll feel in orange. The Victoria State Emergency Service is recruiting volunteers now for a broad range of roles. Visit ses.vic.gov.au or call 1300 842 737 and find out if orange is right for you. Authorised by Victoria State Emergency Service Melbourne. Spoken by Emery's and A. Smallwood. Live across the web. This is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. Indeed, it is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Peter Holden, Matthew Cox and Matt Marsden with you at St Mary's Oval in Cadinia Park where the Cats 5-5-35 lead the Spurs one behind. The Spurs will have the agency of a two or three goal breach in the final quarter. They didn't use it in the second term. Can they use it to find a way home, Matt Marsden, this final quarter? I've got a feeling we'll be looking at a very handy Cats victory and the crowd... Why, Jingo's it's built up. Well, I think, well, no, in the first five minutes, certainly we, we learned the tone of quarters in the first five minutes. And if they can put through a couple, I mean, Geelong, it took them one minute to put their first two on the board and then it sort of just fell apart. So, you know, maybe if the Spurs get the first couple within a, you know, four or five minutes or so, really put some pressure on, maybe we'll have a game. But really looking at the scoreboard, you think the Cats just go about their business, put some numbers behind the, board, behind the footy and uh, just see this one home. 
to call the final term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio on our Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. Here is Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. Players in position for the final term. The Cats with a 34-point lead. 5-5-35 plays. One behind. The VU Western Spurs with a big hill to climb. Hoare wins the tap down. White chasing after it under pressure from Cranston, who almost ended up with the footy. It's socket along the ground. Gamble coming in. Couldn't take clean possession of it. And now we're all wrapped up. Centre wing out of side. Just favouring the Cats, kicking into the breeze. And they're kicking to the city end in this final term. Handball too hot for Cranston, but she tried to follow it up. Might have been held. The umpire calls play on. Ball at half forward now for the Cats. A kick inside, attacking 50. Went past everyone. Matty Boyd will be first there. Under pressure now from Gamble. The handball's fed backwards to Federley. Federley kicks it around her body. Ball top of the goal square. Spurs with the numbers in defence. The handball, though, went astray. Trapped in. Federley coming through again. Lampard. Holding up in defence for the Spurs. Gets it across to Ferris. Up and under kick towards half-back. Is intercepted and turned over. Blakeway goes inside, attacking 50 with a booming kick. It hits the behind post. And we will get a boundary throw-in. Forward pocket out of sight for the Cats. They lead by 34 points. Minute into the final term on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Wrong end of the ground here for the Spurs as the ball is thrown back into play. Hardiman wins the tap out. Got it to Danuccio. Tried to feed it out to White who is caught and went with a grubber kick along the ground. Darby is immediately caught with the football. Ball hit the deck. Ferris wanted to jump in there as well. Couldn't extract it. Umpire's blown the whistle and called for a ball up. We're inside the forward 50 just for the Cats. With a handy lead at the moment. And the time is their best friend as they kick against the breeze. But Ferris comes away with a football for the Spurs. Decides to go down the central corridor. Teague parked underneath it. Stood her ground and took a mark. The former Geelong Super Cats captain of their women's team. She's looking further afield for options. She decides to wind up on the right boot. Goes towards the half-forward flank position. Ball hit the ground. Blakeway was to it. She put it inside 50 with a kick. Was looking for a teammate. Couldn't find one. Teasdale trying to come out of defence. Danucci under. Pressure got stripped of the football. Cranston circling through traffic. Advantage paid to her. Got dispossessed of the football. Halfback flank now for the Spurs. Can they do something with it? Trying to chase after it and laying a tackle there is Madison Lister. But once again, it's one out by the Cats. They go inside 50 with the kick. Boyd is lurking around. If they can find it, they can't because it's Hardeman. It takes it away for the Spurs. She kicks it 50 metres only to go to her pack. Half-back flank for them, half-forward flank for the Cats. Running around Cranston, wanted to kick inside 50 with a kick. It's Bree White, it takes an easy mark. Trying to compose the Spurs. They need to attack and attack quickly. High ball in the Mifsud direction. Davies impacted the contest late. Mifsud able to rove. Handball fed off out wide, but it was to no one in particular. Coventry picks the ball up for the Cats. The handball went astray. Ball centre wing out of side. Mithen now with possession of the footy. Kicks it down along the boundary line, and the mark is taken by Trevine. Half forward flank out of side for the Cats. They lead by 34 points. Early stages final term. Ball kicked inside. Attacking 50 comes off hands. Bree White got boots a ball, but it's swallowed on half forward once again by Lily Mithen. Mithen looking for some options, chewing up the clock, wants to pin, be pinpoint accurate. She is. Renee Garring had a great game today. Garring, centre half forward, hesitant. Now decides to go with a chip kick inside 50. Over the head there of Cranston. Out the back is Lampard. 
who's been trying all day, gave away the hand pass, long kick by the Spurs towards the middle of the ground, only to be swallowed by Lara Williams. It's just rinse and repeat by the Spurs. They're copying it up in the same spot as Mithen now kicks oh. the football towards half forward. She's pinpoint perfect with the kick, managing to spot up here, had a virtual. Virtual goes towards the half forward play position. Another strong mark taken, this time by Danielle Higgins. Higgins half forward flank, long inside 50 with a kick towards the top of the square. Oh, it's claimed, and guess who? Matty Boyd. I think you can write the name on the gift card now, Pete. Well, this is lining up for a second then. I mean, she's just had a fantastic second half. She was good in the first half, as you said, Coxie. She was good, but, I mean, that third quarter, she had passages of play that just turned the game on its head and, of course, kicked the first goal. And in comes Matty Boyd and pops it straight over the goal umpire's hat. She has two for the afternoon, and they move out to 6-5-41 Geelong. The Western Spurs, one behind, 15 minutes remaining in the game. Two kicks set up that passage of play, and they were executed to perfection into the breeze. One from Lily Mithen, and the other, I've forgotten who it was in the, uh, the Higgins. forward point. Higgins. Two beautiful drop punts. And I think Weighted the, uh, perfectly the uh, best on ground might go to either Boyd or Derby. Probably looking at Boyd at this point. But Lily Mithen, she's played almost like an Emma Zilke role for Brisbane Lions. She's always been there in the centre of the ground at the uh, vital moments. Workhorse. Hall wins the tap down. Cranston chasing after it. Just got a handball away in time. Lampard trying to cut it off. Guess there as well for the Spurs. Wraps the ball up at centre half back. They're diving in over the footy. Extracting it though is Mangan momentarily. She dives back on top of it of it, ball eventually extracted, Lister went, ran over the top, Hardiman now applies the tackle Liston, Lister has another go at it, pushing it towards the boundary line on the broadcast side, Higgins keeps it in play but then's taken over the umpire says it's holding the footy though and a free kick will go the way of the Spurs up against the fence on the halfback flank, broadcast side for the VU Western Spurs, a lot of work to do now High kick in the Hardiman direction. Did she claim the mark? She does on half-back. So, Caroline Hardiman with the footy. Looking further afield. Calling for it to Sari. Goes in that direction. Gun there as well. Had it momentarily. Oh. Worried out of it by Woodruff. Going in there. Higgins can't extract it. Gun now caught by Taylor. And the umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. Matt Marshall on special comments. Yeah, it doesn't really look like they're too keen on getting a goal, the Spurs. There's nobody in the forward arc, and they're only about 20 metres away from it. They are flat as a pancake at the moment, as Gunn is wrapped up by Coventry. And we'll have another ball up right near our broadcast position. Next game we've got on air is St Kilda Sharks v Western Spurs at Henry Turner Memorial Reserve in Footscray next Sunday. And that game does have a say on who could make the finals and who could miss out. In goes Hardiman. Dispossessed of the football. Can't try to work it forward. Gamble. Dispossessed. Had to go back in again, Gamble. But it came out to Garing. And Garing put it in the Heinz direction. And she, the ball will bounce for her correctly. Jolly got her for company. Hines is going to be to it first. Ball still bouncing awkwardly on her hammer and laying attack at the last moment was quickly. She did well, but the catch just through pure numbers. Trying to set it up to the hot spot. 45 metres out from goal. It got knocked away. Boyd is circling the pack. Lampard went in there. She held it up. And the umpire calls for a bounce. Inside attacking 50 for Geelong. They lead by 40 points. Seven and a half minutes into the final term here at St Mary's Oval. Roving the contest there was Maguire. Put it into the pocket, but it was out on the full. 
free kick will go the way of the Spurs in defence. To take the kick will be Murphy. Back pocket out of side for the Spurs. She goes down along that outer boundary. High up and under kick. Went past everyone. Mithen out the back will send the ball back inside attacking 50. Darby comes across and takes the mark. 45 degree angle. About 40 metres out from goal. Kate Darby lining up for her first, fourth goal of the match. She's making a late play for the uh, the BOG. She puts this one through the, the big sticks. I think we'd probably put it in the Matty Boyd camp at the moment, but, boy, if this sails through against the breeze. you got scissors to cut it up, Pete. <laughs> Darby comes in. Oh, up and under kick. There's an absolute shocker. Goes in towards the forward pocket, quickly juggling it. Did she take the mark? According to the umpire, she does. Quickly back pocket out of side for the Spurs. They trail by 40 points. They go very short to Teasdale, didn't go the distance, now they're in all sorts of trouble. Bouncing ball, Cranston kept it in front of herself, has support. The handball's fed in board for the Cats, ball bobbling around, tackle nearly applied there from Mangan. Ball on the ground, Cranston feeding it towards the outside. It's intercepted though by Morgan, who takes a pounce, running across her defensive half-back line. Bouncing ball close to the boundary line, Teague keeps it in. Gets tackled, got the handball away in time, and the Cats look to go back inside, attacking 50, although they're fumbling, and it's all wrapped up. Attacking side of the centre wing for Geelong. 40 points the margin, nine and a half gone, final term here on RSN, Carnival Digital Radio. Matt, we're talking about an 11-goal turnaround here. They got beaten by, what, 26 points, the Cats against the Spurs uh, in Footscray earlier in the season, and they've turned it around to have a 40-point lead here at the moment. Yeah, it's a pretty good summary of the uh, of this season so far. There's been some results that we've scratched our heads at, and look, I thought Geelong might win this one, but I certainly didn't think we'd be looking at a, a lopsided blowout. Going to see if that uh, marvellous third quarter that they had. Here's the kick right up the line and only down the throat here of Emily Ramsey. Ramsey right in front of our broadcast position for the Cats. Gets going on the left boot. Bit of a shank of a kick. Flying through the air. Bounced to Chesa Morgan. Hines was there trying to get rid of it. Lister had it. Got it across to Guess, who now worked it back to Gamble. Gamble looking in the direction of finding Mifsud. Mifsud with the football, half-forward flank for the VU Western Spurs. She's 70 metres out from home, pumps it in long, hoping for Jolly to run onto the football. She's got space here on Woodruff. Jolly still chasing after it. Woodruff has managed to track her down. Jolly right up against the boundary line, still manages to keep it in play. Does have support there from Nicolacci, but it's all wrapped up, and the umpire says we'll call for a bounce. Two metres around from the left-hand point post. 40-point lead to the Cats. First inside 50 this term for the Spurs. Coming at the 10.5-minute mark. They're kicking with the breeze in this final quarter. Tap goes the way of the Cats, and it was Hines. Ball's pushed over the boundary line and out of play. Forward pocket out of side for the Spurs. Only got the one behind on the scoreboard at the moment. Be a disappointing result if that's all they come away with. Although... Having a shot there is Gogos, bouncing ball in the goal square, it's through. Pretty sure that was Gogos that did it, yes. Who's been one of the better players for the Spurs today, always had a crack. She's certainly small, but she goes hard at the football, Angelica Gogos. That's why she got a call up to the AFLW halfway through the season. Uh, She's a real nuggety player who just seems to keep on growing and... You know, it's been pretty hard to 
to find some positives in this in this performance by the Spurs. But you know, in context, we have to do we do have to think about the team that is on the park. They are missing six of their senior players. Uh, Debbie Lee informed us before the game, so you know, maybe this was to be expected. Ball up in the air, Hardman. Punched it forward, goes to chase up her own kick, does well, and delivers inside 50 to Sari. The ball just bounced away from her. Had to put an uh, opponent there in Goring under pressure. Popped out the Gokos. She wants to look for a second. Tassari wants to run onto it. They can't. It's away for a minor score to the left-hand side. VU Western Spurs move to 1-2-8. Geelong 6-5-41. Here at St Mary's Oval in Cadinia Park as we wait for the ball to come back into play. Scoreboard... It's just down by point. Now they've uh, readjusted it. I think someone's having trouble with the computer there. As Goring goes long out of the fence. Oh, dear. Over the head of Hein. One bounce. And no one touched it. That means it's out of bounds on the full. And it will be a Spurs free kick from about 50 metres out. It's another reason to listen to the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. Accurate scores. 99. <laughs> yeah. Ball goes inside attacking 50. Blame my iPad work. Jolly flew. Couldn't bring it down. Mithen. At the bottom of the pack, just whacked boot to ball, but it will go back out on the full. Exactly the same position as the last one was. So the Spurs have been able to lock it in for the last minute inside 50. Got to make something of it. High ball towards the hot spot. Pack flies, no one able to bring it in. Gogos hovering again. Bree White applies the clamps there on Blakeway. Ball spills free. Miffs it now, burrows in after it. White there as well. Got the handball away, but it's trapped in once again the umpire says give it to me I'll ball it up 40 out from goal out of side Matt Marsden on special comments today and if the Cats give up a couple of goals here it won't really affect them at all but for the Spurs it's so vital to get a bit of momentum going they've had a bit of a rough run in the last uh, four or so rounds you need some momentum going into what is a really tough finish to the season. And think about percentage too, how important that's going to be. Uh, up in the Eric way we go again. Hines trying to move it forward, laying in a tackle there as Lampard. Umpire calls for a ball up. I guess when they review this season, the Spurs will be looking back at this game saying, this is the one where we're meant to be challenging for finals and look what we put up as an effort. We might have six players out, but effort matters everything. And uh, a few stood up today, but not a lot, sadly. Can't leave it on the shoulders of too few. As Teasdale tried to come through the pack. Got one too high. Advantage paid. Now inside 50 with the kick. Looking for Mifsud. Went over her head. Ball at the back. Getting it there is Woodruff. Managed to get a hand pass away in the nick of time. Was using the agency of Mithen. Just dancing around in circles as Nicolacci comes in. The umpire blows the whistle and says that's holding the football. And it will be a free kick on the way. Spurs couple players on the ground. As... I think they're it's putting a team for Geelong. And Mifsud, I think there might be for. Yeah, Mifsud's just feeling worse for wear for the Spurs, and she'll get up. Don't cool. worry, she's a forward. Once you tell her, hey, you've got a free kick and a shot for goal, they'll be up there pretty quickly. A <laughs> nice split across Uh-oh. the face for uh, for Anna Teague running off the field right now. Bit of claret. As. Uh, Donate that to the blood bank on the way out. Has, <laughs> has Mifsud. I love that on the seven coverage. When someone gets cut open, they've got blood all over the face, they have something down below and they say, Donate to the blood bank. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought that's a very clever sponsorship. As uh, Mifsud wants a shot on goal, she'll be having it 40 metres out on a very tight angle to try and close down the margins. Currently 33 points. She wants to bring it back to 27 at the 15-minute mark of this final quarter. Pops it up high towards the top of the square. McCallie Award came flying from behind. Nicolacci goes in there as well for the Spurs. 
Plenty of players involved. Wrapping up a tackle there is Garring, and the umpire says it's going nowhere. We'll call for a ball up. You mentioned, Matt, that it wouldn't matter too much if Geelong let a couple of goals. I reckon it would. If they're able to hold off this attack, imagine the confidence that they're able to build out of it. Well, they've certainly got a whole lot of numbers in defence. It almost looks like an NFL game. The uh, offensive line and the defensive line just clashing against each other and creating a pile of bodies. Another ball up. Hall won the tap down. Quigley got dispossessed. Mifsud applies the tackle. Gogos goes in after it. And we'll get another stoppage, the third in a row, in the corridor for the Spurs. They're 1 2 8, Geelong 6 5 41. 16 go on the final term here on RSN Carnival. Hall wins the tap down again. White roving, waxing on the boot, up and under kick, and a fall at the top of the goal square. Comes off hands and dumping into the turf there, Tasari. Find a good tackle, we'll get another ball up. Top of the goal square for the VU Western Spurs. We go up against St Kilda Sharks next week. That will definitely be the last roll of the dice for them. Mithen fed it out by hand, and then Cats with numbers. The kick is a little askew, bouncing away over the boundary line and out of play. We'll get a throw-in half-forward flank broadcast sign for the BU Western Spurs. Here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. And looking forward, of course, the AFL International Cup for tomorrow. Remember to go to YouTube and on Tuesday and Friday and search uh, AFL International Cup for the semi-finals and uh, minor grand final rounds. Is taking it out of the contest there and going for a run as Birchall. She does well. Got round to Nuccio. Birchall's still going. How many miles does she want to rack up here? Birchall's run all the way from centre half back. Five bounces still going. Hair pass over the top. Was trying to use the agency of Federley, who got turned over in the end by uh, the player in Lampard. The Spurs come back in board only as far as leading Mithen. Had it, then spent it early. Has to go back again and dispossess White in the way through. Garing went after the football. Now it squeezes out for the Cats with a high, long kick in the hit direction, awkward bouncing football, trying to park herself underneath that there is Guest got knocked off of it trying to go again is Birchall numbers here for the Spurs, they'll just slam it on the boot, looking in the go-goss direction got taken away from her, bump laid on there by Blakeway, Spurs now move it towards the wing on the scoreboard side of the ground, Maguire chasing after the bell, she's going to have company in a moment, laying in the tackle there is Quigley trying to move it up the line there they're doing okay, the Cats they're about 75 metres out from goal, they try to go with a spearing pass but it's Teasdale that clears and not very far though straight down the throat of Rebecca Goring, the former Melbourne uni player, now the captain of the Cats, goes towards centre half forward, the mark is taken by Gamble and she's off, she takes one bounce running through the middle, no pressure on her whatsoever, took two bounces now a high ball in the Mifsa direction, through her fingers. Mithen out the back. Her handball smothered. Opportunity now for Frankie. Goes inside, attacking 50 with the kick. Nicolacci runs onto it, but sprays the shot. Sums up the Spurs' day. 1-3-9, the VU Western Spurs. 6-5-41, the Cats approaching the 19-minute mark of the final term. Just desperation in that kick. She probably could have steadied and even maybe even ran into goal if she no put talk. on the afterburners. So... Um you know, it's unfortunate. That's you, know, you look at the scoreboard, missing that one, and of course the jolly miss in the second quarter could have been a whole lot closer. And I mean, the Spurs could have had ascendancy early. 
And it's with Matty Boyd with a minute to go at the halfback flank on the Simmons Stadium side of the ground. Pumps it long and high up the line. And uh, good mark taken there by Cranston. Cranston gets going quickly. Puts it to their advantage as Davies is trying to lay a tackle. Now going across to Fenley. Has the football. Takes a bounce. She's run inside 50. Takes two bounces. Oh, she went without the football. Spent it too early. Wants to go back and chase it up. The umpire says uh, the Spurs player got dealt with unfairly. She didn't have the football, so she'll have a free kick. And a 50-metre penalty? Yep, umpire's paying yep. 50, 25. Don't 25. That'll probably take us to the end of the game, you'd think. 15 seconds left on the clock. Spurs disappointing. Cats remaining contention for the finals in the 2017 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition as Erin Hall takes the mark to finish the game the Cats well, they scored a goal in that term and they are victors 6-5-41 to the Spurs 1-3-9 to think that this game got to 50 overall points considering where we were at half times almost unimaginable it was like two different games and uh, I think for the, the Spurs they probably would have hoped that it was more like the first half they were just blitzed in that third quarter they really didn't look ready for it almost it's like when, the, when that first and second goal went through they just didn't know how to answer it well we we'll expect the cast to be clapped off the ground who do we think for our player of the day? Number six. Matty Boyd will get the $50 Rebel Sport voucher. (laughs) Yep, could say anything. Well done. Smart move. There it is. Do you have the microphone? I do, yep. Put that in my back pocket. Thank you very much. See if you can get Mythos Minutes. See if you can gate crash that for us while she's out there. If she does that out there. And, of course, we'll get the song and hopefully the player of the day here as well. Coxie running out onto the ground. But uh, for the Geelong Cats, this means their finals hopes are alive. They do need the Spurs technically to do them a favour by beating the Sharks or the Sharks dropping one to Cranbourne, which might be unlikely. If that happens, the door's open, but they have to beat the Devils twice. Yeah, it seems a bit unfair to, to give a good old belting to the Spurs then ask them to do you a favour the next week. So um, maybe Geelong will be crossing their fingers that that happens. But, of course, it is still, you know, it's still in Geelong's court they've still got to win some crucial matches down the uh, down the end of the game of course against the, the devils the double uh, double banger it'll be very interesting i mean yeah. the devils are a team that i mean they've pushed darabin they've, they've pushed teams right to the line they pushed the well, i think the last time they met was a one-point victory to the spurs so to try and uh, i don't know gauge between that you'd think maybe geelong has a uh, has an advantage over the devils but i mean the devils are just a very up and down side you'd feel the only thing that Geelong will be banking on with the Sharks is we know they're a very inconsistent side and they'll just drop one that they're not expected to and they'll be crossing their fingers but when we say they're an inconsistent side then they pull one out of the works and you know they could just ruin the whole joint by knocking off the Tarabin Falcons tomorrow on a boil over and bang there she's done that's the top four that'd be something very interesting to see I think if that were to occur as we wait for the uh, Cats girls to come off the ground and there'll be a lot of applause. They're already getting applause from Paul Hood, their coach. Their finals campaign remains alive. As we said, they've got to beat the Eastern Devils at Deakin University next week and then beat them again at Mulgrave Reserve the following week. The question was asked for them today, are they finals material? They've at least answered in part. 6-5-41, the Cats... 1-3-9, the VU Western Spurs. A very big crowd here at St Mary's Oval in Cadinia Park. They're being clapped off the ground. We'll get inside the rooms. We'll hear the song as well from the Cats. 
And no doubt a few supporters they hear outside might join in the song as well. But uh, for them, I think that's their seventh win of the season. That's coming a long way from when there were North Geelong, some of those players, and only the one win last year. And for them to be in this situation, what a credit to the whole Cats organisation. Well, I think if you said to Geelong that at worst that they could do his 7-7 seven and seven record, you'd they'd bite your hand off, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But as they go inside the rooms now, we're going to hear the famous lyrics of We Are Geelong, and then hopefully we'll get our Player of the Day as well. Matthew Cox has got the songs. Here's the song. the cat song inside their rooms Geelong 6-5-41 defeating the VU Western Spurs 1-3-9 that is 6 beating 5th on the Swiss Wellness VFL women's ladder yeah no really really positive result for Geelong and I think maybe even despite the uh, the Cats losing by 27 points earlier in the year to the Spurs you'd maybe say they came in favourites but as I said during the call to win by 32 points in the end of the day I don't think we were really expecting that in Geelong and they put together four quarters of, of really different sort of football. Of course, the first half was so defensive and you know, they had to, to sort of defend themselves in that second quarter and not let the Spurs take over because really it was a situation where the Spurs could have blown away the Cats if they uh, got a roll on in that second quarter, just like the Cats did to the Spurs in the third. Well, as we wait for Matty Boyd to join us, our uh, player of the day, we're on here to uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon here on uh, RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Don't forget our weekly show back Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Interviewing a variety of women from around, women's footy from across the world. We'll hopefully be catching up with the captains or the coaches of the WAWFL sides who've got their grand final next weekend. That'll yeah. be big. No, we're, re- we're heading to the uh, business end of the, of the footy season. There's a lot going on. And, look, it's really interesting to, to have a look at who is performing over there in the West because over in Victoria here, we don't usually hear a whole lot, and they're not too fantastic at sharing the details of their games just quietly. So uh, getting to see uh, what's going to be a really thrilling conclusion to their season is going to be really interesting ahead of what's going to be a, a ripper second season of AFLW. Coxie, you in the rooms? Well, I'll put it this way, poor Hood uh, couldn't hear after the song was sung. I was standing just in front of him and uh, he was trying to clear his earwaves. Uh, again, um, that was sung with a lot of gusto there. Uh, up and about the cats at the moment. And What happens when you feel the confidence and momentum? Yeah, Special things happen. You'd have to say almost this is Geelong's biggest moment so far in this season. You know, this is the, Something was really on the line today and you know, maybe Spurs aren't the best opposition in the, in the competition but they certainly played as though the Spurs were a superstar team and, and in that second half and I mean that third quarter, if you could watch that over and over, you'd, you know, they probably will to be honest. And, and Coxie with that win as well by 32 points it's a comfortable win, it wasn't like we got over the line against the Spurs you know, we dodged the bullets like we won, we won quite comfortably up against an Eastern Devils who've been disappointing this year. Tell you what, the Cats will be thinking we're a chance, we're every chance here. They definitely are and they rose to the occasion it's a big day down here in uh, Cadinia Park maybe an up and coming star of the Geelong Football Club uh, just speaking into the microphone, doing a bit of media training um they rose to the occasion. The game was on the line at half-time, and I think we all said 
whoever steps up and takes this is a is a chance to go on to, to finals. And for that, Geelong, they rose to the occasion. It'll be interesting to see over the next uh, day or two, and I might have a chat to some journalists I know around the territory, if all of a sudden the Geelong 80, who've already been behind the catch women's team, are really going to get behind them saying, hey, last home game, Deacon, we win this against the Eastern Devils. It all comes down to the final round. It certainly does. They're giving themselves the best possible chance of making finals in 2017. And uh, what a story it would be. Written off prior to the start of the season. No one expected this from Geelong. Well, I tipped Seaford in round two yeah. against Geelong. Yeah, so. I, I, I'm one of those that I looked at and I thought, oh, Geelong might be maybe eighth, might improve a bit. We, and I thought, oh, yeah, Seaford, Seaford are going to be the risers. They've been the team that's been troubling sides. And the complete opposites have in Geelong have just you now challenging for finals. Seaford, unfortunately, the basket case this I, year. I think the best way to sum it up was we probably thought Geelong would have been on par with Box Hill. Yeah. They're a mile in front. They are a mile in front, not on field and off field. Geelong, uh, Box Hill are doing okay, probably a little bit better than where we thought they were at, but uh, certainly, certainly Geelong have exceeded all expectations. If you told me Geelong would win four games of the year, I'd say, yeah, that, 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 that's a possibility, cleaning up some of the bottom sides, but to be seventh, to, to have seven wins for the year and just go, and if things go well, even if they just fall short of the finals due to what other results are, if they claim nine wins for the year, they'd walk away from that going... We're pretty damn happy. And as well, to be now, at this point, um, after the Sharks game, probably tomorrow, to be one win outside the top four, they'll be looking at the AFL who's making the decision on the AFLW license saying, come on, look what we've done here. Come on, have a look. (laughs) Keep in mind that that date of the AFLW license is, is August 29th. Just after the finish of the uh, the regular season, if the Cats have got a nine and five record at the end of that, you can't look at them and turn them down. I mean, you have a look at this club now in the way that they've they've really worked all the uh, the three teams together, and and I mean, social yeah. media marketing team, they've they've fully backed back this this side. There's no way you can turn down there, Geelong. There, no there would way. be a fair dinkum riot down Murrubble Street if Geelong were denied the license. They're embedded in the community. Yeah, they are embedded in the community. They've done everything. They've ticked every box that's been asked of them. And as much as it's still going to be difficult and they need things to go their way, if they were to make the finals, if they got there and they were hosting... Because the league can make a decision on who hosts finals. And I, I would suspect if you were AFL Victoria, who probably wants to have matches line up with the VFL Men's Finals Series, but you would try to every way possible if Geelong made the final saying... How about you host the third place side? You let's maybe hold it under lights on a Friday or Saturday night. Let's really build an occasion around it. So uh, yeah, we're gonna. But if Lily Mithens around for Mythos Minute, we'll uh, jump in on that. If she's interviewing anyone, that or Muddy Boyd, I'll let Coxie go away, and we'll jump on in when that's uh, happening. This is a little special treat that we're having here on Girls Play Footy while we're waiting for Maddie Boyd. Mythos Minute is going to be happening in the rooms. They're going to be filming that, which they do for the Geelong Twitter account. But we're also going to have a little listen in here on Girls Play Footy about what's being, what, what Mythos got to say with her unique way of interviewing after the games. And just quietly, as well, obviously we, we know she's got a famous dad, but through the genes she's got that media talent in her. you just got a feeling there's a future Channel 7 uh, special comments person. Uh, once Welcome she's aboard. Finished. We are oh, here we go. Here's Mythos Minutes. We're live. <laughs> Okay, we're having a few tech but it most importantly is that it's on Twitter. This is Mythos Minute live as we speak at this very oh, moment. Oh no, 
I'm really sorry. I hope everybody listening enjoyed the game and not so much enjoying Mitho's minute, but we will improve this once Mel's got the camera ready. <laughs> Take three. Ladies and gentlemen, has been planned round 11. Thank you. Get those minutes we're just listening yeah. in on. <laughs> They're just trying to... just a bit too behind the scenes, I think. We're getting... <laughs> <laughs> Turning too far in the room. We were losing a little bit of reception there. And she's going to round 11. Guys, so I'm just going to cut back for us on radio. Unfortunately, the difficult... So I'll hand the microphone back. So here we go again. Welcome back. Mythos Minute, thank you everyone for tuning in live to Geelong v Western Spurs. We came over the top with a great win. We're joined here by Flynn. Flynn, how did you find the day? Oh, it was good to get a win, Lou. Yeah, really good. The win was a bit difficult, but um, how did you combat that? Uh, just, I didn't. Probably didn't. <laughs> I thought you were excellent for the day. Well done. We're also joined here by Beck Dorian, our skipper. Beck, a tremendous win. The better wins for the year. Definitely. I love knocking off the Spurs, so it was a good, good win. Excellent. And your own performance, were you happy with that? Uh, yeah, pretty happy. Always room to um, improve. We're running out of time, Mitha. I'm going to throw back to you. Thanks. I appreciate that. She's put me on the hammer here, but we also Hannah Magnin, just for the final final words. Um, windy, but you just ran ran off your legs today. Um, really well fought out. Uh, any any comment? It's just a four quarter off effort. It was pretty good. Just the girl. And um, special mention to anyone? Ah, uh, you know maybe Cat Phil. Cat Phil. Phillips. Uh, an excellent uh, Frisbee girl as well. So thank you for joining into Mythos Minute. It has been a tremendous day down here at Simmons Stadium. <laughs> Mythos Minute live in the room there. Fantastic there for round 12 of the uh, That's the biggest wellness. scoop of the, uh, the year so far for us, I'd say. VFL Words competition. Uh, she might come to us looking for a contract. We've got nothing to give just quietly, Mytho. But that is a superb effort. And if they don't make the finals, maybe we could try and tap her on the shoulder saying, would you mind doing special comments? Not that you weren't great today, Matt Marsden, as well, should I oh, say. Look, I think I'd, I'd gladly step aside for Mytho. I think she's a little bit more entertaining than I. Joining us on the microphone uh, at the moment, our player of the day, kicking two goals for the Geelong. Cats, the new GWS recruit in Maddie Boyd. Maddie, what a third quarter, five goals from the girls, and boy, the crowd got involved. Oh, no, so good to have a crowd here. Um, we just knew that we had to capitalise in that third quarter and kick some goals. <laughs> what does it mean to have the support? Obviously, part of a triple header down here for the Cats today. What does it mean to have, I think, what, about 600 people gathered around the ground? Yeah, it's unreal. It just creates such an environment, and yeah, just. All that support's amazing. So, okay. 46 minutes they went without a goal in this game. It was very entertaining stuff, very hard stuff. Yeah. And then the ball comes out the back to you, you slam one through. What was it like to get a bit of pressure oh, off? Pretty sure that was Darbs, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Also, no, th- also throw in there Federley's amazing snap over the shoulder in the forward pocket. Yeah, I was pretty speechless then. I couldn't believe she got that. <laughs> but uh, it was unreal, definitely. What does it mean for the team now, still in contention for finals in 2017? Is that on the minds of the players, or are you just enjoying things at the moment? Because standing in the rooms before, there's just this buzz. Yeah, the girls are always up and about. Um, yeah, we're just taking it week by week, and um, yeah, we just want to play really good footy for the remaining three games and see where that gets us. But yeah, it's just week by week. Did you think this at the start of the season you'd be in this position? Well, we always went into it as thinking, oh, it's a bit of a development year, so if we can, you know, push for finals, then that's even better. So, 
Now, I get this one right. Seven wins now, five yeah. losses. Uh, fantastic record, obviously, first uh, first season out there. And yeah. As a group of, as coming together, there's a whole lot of players that you know maybe haven't played at this level against this sort of competition before. How do you think the group sort of gelled and, and come together to play and, and make this step up, really? Yeah, everyone's brought something different to the table, so um, we just gelled really well. And, um, yeah, their development, like the ones that have come from, like, basketball or uh, Hannah, she's from Frisbee, like, their skills are just, um, just come so much better. Um, I didn't see it from the start, but I would have loved to have, <laughs> like, just the skill development, but I know they've come a long way, so... And Maddie, have you been getting back to local footy a bit and checking that out? Obviously, Drysdale and North Geelong now yeah. feeding into the Cats. Yes, I try and get down to a few games down at North, my old stomping ground. So, um, yeah, just to keep the support going there and the connections. And, um, obviously, we've got players coming through um, from North Geelong and Drysdale and everything. So, yeah, keep an eye on them. And how are you feeling personally after a, a big year for football, women's football? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> nah, um, incredible um, to be part of Geelong, and um, it's just—I'm it's, so glad they um, took that chance with us and took over. And yeah, they've just um, really um, excel, like developed the region, so and well, it will continue to develop. Just, just quickly, what a crazy couple of weeks you've got ahead. The final two games you're playing the Eastern Devils twice. Just how the fixtures worked out. You win those two games, and if a result goes your way, you yeah. could sneak into finals. Yeah. And upon knowing that result, that's the same week we'll find out the AFLW licences, if the Cats themselves will be in the AFLW in a year and a half time. Yeah, that's right. So that's going to be a big couple of weeks of footy. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Well, it's fantastic to have the community obviously so involved in this team and the teams, the three teams all working together within the club. I'm expecting a firm no comment here, uh, but you're heading up to GWS obviously next yeah. year. If this team gets a, uh, a license for 2019, it's going to be pretty hard to say no to coming home, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right with what you thought. Yeah, pretty much a no comment. But, um, nah, like, I'll just see what happens. And obviously, it probably would be pretty hard. But, um. Take it one week at a time. That's my answer. Bordy, just one last one before we let you go. From the new players that have joined the club and joined the, the North Geelong crew that have formed this core of the Cats, who's impressed you the most? Who do you think's really come along since they've started playing their first season of State League football? From within our group? Within your group. Um. Yeah, there's a few actually. Like you've got Danny Higgins who plays forward. Um, she's a natural. Erin <laughs> um, in the ruck. Um, I know. I think she's pretty highly sought. <laughs> just, just, just a big smoke alarm batteries as well, just with a 194 <laughs> centimetre height. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty handy. Um, who else? Yeah, there's been a few players, but uh, Hannah Magan um, come from Frisbee. She's her skills have come a long way. Um, yeah, so there's definitely a few within the group. Well, Maddie, congratulations for being our player of the day here on RSN Carnival. You get the $50 Rebel Sport <laughs> voucher. Congratulations. I'll let you do your warm downs and everything like that. And then uh, sneak across the road and see that. I think it's Geelong Richmond. I think there's another game on at the moment here. <laughs> yeah, I'll be heading for that. <laughs> Good on you, Maddie. Maddie Boyd, our player of the day here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. A fantastic effort kicking two goals today. Thanks, Maddie. Thank you. That's Matty Boyd there. Three goals kicked by Kate Darby, two by Matty Boyd, one for Michelle Federley. Our Jan Janica Gogos kicking the one goal there for the VU Western Spurs. You can see she's grinning from ear to ear, Matt Marsden. They are excited for what only was an important win, 
but a win in front of a great community supporting Just before Matt talks to you, I'm going to get this press conference going on to our left with uh, Paul Hood. Yeah, I'll see if you can jump in on that. So that, so Coxie just running in there to see if we can listen to the coach, Paul Hood, of the uh, Geelong Cats talking to the press. Let's see if we can uh, have a listen in now. With a bit of precision, but you need to be brave to try and pull it off in a game. And we asked the girls to be adventurous today with the way they moved the ball. And to see it click like that for that 15-minute period was fantastic. So who pleased you most? Um, oh, lots of them. I've got lots of favourite children today. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in different periods of the game, different players dominated. Lily Mithin was probably an outstanding four-quarter contributor and Maddie Boyd as well, the way she just gave us the target and competed so hard. It was great to see Kate get on the end of a few as well. Uh, but we, we had a lot of contributors, which is great. Rochelle Cranston again doing her thing and um, all the girls that rolled through the midfield you know, had a big effect. So terrific. One of the girls came off cramp and asked him, is that a uh, norm now? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think they've embraced the pickles. It's, uh, it was a pretty hard sell initially, but I think they've gone industry-wide now. So it's interesting the way the game's changed, doesn't it? Play finals this year? If things fall our way, uh, it's possible. We just have to win our last two games and see what happens there. So we'll win next week and then worry about the week after the week after. But um, I think we'd need some other teams to suffer some heavy defeats. So um, really we're just working on each week as it comes. How do you shape up next week? Pretty good, I think. We'll have the chance maybe to bring a few players back, um, which will be exciting. But we're looking forward to getting back out to, to Deakin Uni and playing on the big really testing ourselves with our ability to carry the ball. Looking forward to it. Is it a thing different grounds, or would you rather have one home ground and play at the same ground all year? Um, uh, it can work either way. It's like, so if you just play at the ground and you've only got the one style of play, that can be difficult. So for us, while we're still thing and you know, different shapes and sizes and different venues, I think it's, it's a good thing while we learn. The, the more exposure we get to different conditions, the better we can be. Real festival of footy down here today, lots of young girls. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? And see all the young girls like making the guard of honour for our team after half time was pretty good. And um, you know, this really prominent position to play a game of footy before all the AFLs turn up. It's a, it's a credit to the club and Western Spurs for bringing the play down here. Um, no, not really. We didn't We didn't know what to expect, just expect the unexpected. But uh, what we've seen with our players is they're a fast study. And even today, you know, that second opportunity to attack with a win we were much better than we were in the first quarter. So, um, you know, that's pretty good. And the sky's the limit, really, with, with women's footy in three or four years' time. But right now we're just enjoying the ride. We saw a great defensive press from the Cats a couple of weeks ago against Darabin, but we saw a much more attacking style of play today. So you're working on a couple of different uh, avenues to go. Yeah, we did try get a little bit more precise and adventurous with that attack but still really proud of our defence too to only give up one goal um, on a day like today it's uh, really pleasing our defenders work so hard and our midfielders work hard to support the defence so we haven't left that away but a uh, really good defence has translated into good attack today which has been nice. Uh, obvious strength star I thought were your tall so Kate Darby and Matty Boyd Darby down in the forward line, Boyd virtually all over the ground. They were really crucial. Yeah, absolutely. The girls, um, one, to just give a great contest is fantastic and for the running players to know where the ball is going to go and have it stay in the area. But then for, for Kate and Maddie to pluck a few big marks and finish their work was great and well supported by Aaron Hoare, of course, around the ground and in the ruck and a great job done by Anna Teague down back as well. So. 
Right, no worries, guys. Thank you very much. That's Paul Hood there, the uh, coach of the Geelong Cats. Victorious today, 6-5-41 over the BU Western Spurs, 1-3-9. Almost time for us to wrap up here on uh, RSN Digital Radio. Coming back to the booth, of course, is our new roaming BT in that master. About that Matthew Cox, who just grabbed the microphone and said, I'm just going to jump in on Callum O'Connor, let him do the work, and I'll get the questions. Thank you very much. I snuck one in. <laughs> oh, no, actually, I pushed him out of the way to get it in. You let him do all the heavy. Li- you let him do all the heavy lifting. I mean, we got Callum here. I mean, what's going on? He's gate crashing your show here. Girls play footy does have trumps over a freelance like me. I can't complain. <laughs> no, 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 mate. You put us all out of business. So, you know, I'll carry on, carry on. Great, great, great work as always. And, and it's just great to see, just quickly before I let you go, you don't see with any of the other BFLW coaches, even though a few of them do get asked questions, but to have three or four journos surrounding and having essentially a mini press conference with Paul Hood. Uh, unforeseen. Got to say, normally we just take our turns and wait to get our own shot. But, yeah, for Hoodie to handle three of us at the same time. But it's good. I mean, Geelong are fantastic at trying to replicate the AFL sort of vibe around their VFLW matches. They've got a fantastic cheer squad who follows into every game. They had a really good crowd today, especially with the match being a curtain raiser of some sorts of the AFL match against Richmond. So, yes, they're certainly ticking all the boxes, as you know, Peter Geelong. Very keen on having a women's licence and uh, getting themselves in a good position for it. And just quickly, uh, they need uh, tomorrow the Sharks to do them a favour and lose to the Falcons to keep them alive. Uh, if, if I had to be a gambling man, I would pick the Falcons to win. But, uh, yes, it's only their, their run home. I wouldn't write them off against the Devils. I think they'd almost be a very good chance. They only have the momentum, if not the history behind them. It should be very interesting, Carlin. Thank you very much for joining us, mate. We'll, we'll let you go, and you can clip that bloke behind the ear for Craig Cash and your press conference. <laughs> now, now, now he's bringing intelligence to the broadcast, too. Fair income. You, you, you're putting us all out of the gig. Oh, That'll no. be the last time we're joining us. The Callum O'Connor Show will be back next week. We, of course, now he puts the sunnies on. <laughs> he's just asking for an autograph as well. Just going, who should I make it out to, dear Coxie? Thanks very much. Oh, dear. Time to wrap up things here before it quickly becomes a farce. It is too. Quite Matt Marston, thank you very much for joining us as well. Great work, as always, on girlsplayfooty.com. Great articles this week with about the AFLW schedule and, of course, about marriage equality, about supporting those players. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Peter. And plenty more of that to come on Girls Play Footy as we start to ramp up again ahead of the new AFLW season. And we look at the draft and the players who are over the age of 18. Hello, Fox. Um, and God, they're going to hate me. I'll never get a gig there because of that. Cox, but Anna's lovely to deal with. Anna Harrington, you're a legend. Um, yeah, Coxie, thank you very much for your time as well and for being roaming BT today. Yeah, yeah, and I'll be calling with the American BT tomorrow, so just uh, I've got BT covered, haven't I? Go youtube.com forward slash USAFL. You've got two games, 10 o'clock West Brunswick and the USA Liberty, which is their seconds and their first USA Freedom versus European Crusaders at 12. Yeah, we're going to need the police escort to uh, get us from West Brunswick down to Tin Alley, but uh, we, sh- we should be right. And I'm looking be, forward to And it. I'll be at Diamond Creek tomorrow calling the Great Britain Swans in Canada. Just quickly, what was the Brian Barish quote that uh, got him uh, all over the... Garlic uh, milkshake. Strong as a garlic milkshake. milkshake. I am not having one of them tomorrow. And it, No, no, he'll have plenty of like it. He'll hit the ball, kick like a wounded duck. He'll just be <laughs> wheeling them all out. While he's out there, he's using the full repertoire. I'm Peter Holton. Thank you very much for joining us here. We'll be back again next Sunday, 1 o'clock, to bring you the Spurs versus St Kilda Sharks at Henry Turner Reserve in Footscray. Today it was the Cats, 6 by 41 defeating the Spurs, 1-3-9. Bye for now. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. It's Access All Areas.
listeners to the game of golf. No, I did win, actually. Inside the ropes, talks with the Aussie golfing guns at home and overseas. I just aimed for the back of the green and it actually bummed back and saw about six points. It's all thanks to Golf Australia. That's an extraordinary achievement. Inside the ropes, every Sunday morning from 6 to 7. Obviously, the weekend was a great result. On RSN 927. Some bandit on a handicap of 20 come in. Or catch it streaming live and podcast everywhere at rsn.net.au. Three form heavyweights. They just went flat out the whole way. Dean Lester, Warren Huntley, David Gately. Leading Sunday's racing review. It's correct weight. Sunday mornings from 8. It's the wrap of Saturday's key racing with the word from the winning connections. She looks a really exciting filly. Then from 9.30, Brad Baker takes over with the Sunday racing preview. Checking in around Australia. And Sam Highland about to give us the latest track conditions. Dean Lester leads correct way. Sunday mornings from 8 on RSN 927. Thanks to the tap. We love a bet. George Apache Junction and last is GGI. Top of the straight, the crew is the leader narrowly from Nightbreaker. The Avenger is next, sprinting to win, duck back to the inside. Mahalinga is about to be called upon, and then Eagle Hawk. The Avenger moves up at the 225. Mahalinga is about a length away, trying hard, then sprinting to win. The Avenger's in front. Mahalinga's coming with every stride now. 100 to go. The Avenger, Mahalinga moves up on the outside. He struck the flank close home, and he's too good. Mahalinga is pricked in the end by a length and a half to the Avenger. 
13 sprinting to win, and then followed Eagle Hawk. Next one to clock in, nothing too hard. Then to crew, behind those Apache Junction, Nightbreaker, GGI, and Big George, Georgie Porgy, was the last one home. Number seven, the winner, Mahalunga, pays $1.70, 104 for Kobe Jennings, two second, the Avenger, 220, and a photo of a third, about to move in. At the Gold Coast for race number four, where the favourite is uh, number eight, mark my word, at $3. Updating race four at Coleraine, one Colonel Jessup at 19, two is uh, uh, Diadamo at 21. Number three is our boy Leroy, 990, four Timor Gold, 1165, Vladimir, 22. Six is Balambo, 15. Seven is Elo uh, Love at uh, 368, is Lightning Tiara, 1080. Nine, Miss Sadie, 13. Ten, Patrona, 710. Eleven, Southern Strategy, 880. And 12 under our spell is $12. Elo Love, the favourite 360 at uh, Coleraine. Moving in at the Gold Coast and placings official at Newcastle, 7, 2, 1 and 9. Flemington, the opening call for race number 5. Number 1 is All Clear, 35. 2 is the favourite to Samavare at 220. 3, Nimini Pimini, 630. 4, Tavi Bay, 18. 5, O'Rachel at uh, 510. Number 6 is Swampland at 550. 7, Phoenix Park at 23. And 8, Gold Fontaine at $15. Newcastle 7, Mahalanga pays uh, 170, 104, second to 2, the Avenger 220, 1 sprinting to win, $1.40, and fourth to 9, Eagle Hawk. The Quinella $5.10, Exacta 8.40, Trifecta 26.60, first 4, 121.30, running double on 4 and 7, $6.10, early quaddy 6347, $64.10. Old Macto has lots of trucks, call him up Macto. Here a car, there a tow, anywhere a Macto. Call 1300 Macto, 1300 622 5869. Getting close to a start now, the Gold Coast for number 4. Mark my word locally. In a fortnight's time, we've got a standalone Metro meeting here on the 26th of August. Doomwood will get a rest that day and it'll be Metro racing here a fortnight today. Now, I, Regal, who was first to go round to the gates, will be last to be loaded and just let me count one, two, three, four attendants there. There's another guy coming over to help. It's halfway in, I, Regal. But no, it forces the way back again. So the others are all positioned. Delay with correct weight of Flemington, right of the fourth place getter, Ben Allen and Lucky Paddy looking at the patrol film. Trained by Mel Eggleston. He doesn't want to go in, I wriggle. Just at the moment. Kilcoy have a tab meeting this coming Saturday. It's joint uh, trotting and uh, gallops on the grass there. Look forward to that one. The Vietnam Veterans Day at Kilcoy this coming Saturday. Norms close Monday morning. Good, Burke. Well, while uh, you pass on that information, Iregal continues to give uh, problems turning sideways. At the start at Morfordville, uh, at uh, Rose Hill, 10 minutes off race 5. One is out to Wild and Famous at 7.70. Three is Hogmanay at 10.60. Four, the favourite Peacock at 2.60. Five, no interest at 11.90. Six, Dwarf Star, 9.40. Seven, the Pharaoh, 4.70. Eight, Argent Door, 10.50. And nine, Zara Bay, 13. About to move in at Morfordville, and they're setting out the Gold Coast. It's the light. Ready? Mark my word. Awkwardly drawn. They're racing. Vanquish was slow to get going. 
Out wide there, beginning very fast was Ganassi and also Taysier as they go up to the first turn. Ganassi went right through on the inside, joined here by Harold Victor. Taysier went to third, and Salah Craft is going to balance up fourth on the inside, followed by Al Mazen, who's wide length and a half, then Bow Dancer, followed by Complicit. Richford is well back. Now then the favourite, mark my word, in the second half of the field. They were followed by Tianan, who gets a long way back coming down the side from last, the third last was every single one. Vanquish second last in company there with I Regal at the 500 metres mark. Ganassi brings them to the home turn just in front of Harold Victor. Out wide Al Mazen in third and Solar Craft continues to enjoy a good run. Complicit trying to make some ground as head for turn for home and McGurran's getting this favourite mark my word right to the outside to try and come after these leaders. 2.50 to go. Harold Victor on the outside of Ganassi are matching their motors. Clear then of uh, Storm Solar Craft in third placing and now look at this every single one. It's come from the tail of the field roaring down the outside. Every single one right over the top and it is every single one. Luke Dittman sitting quiet as a church mouse and home it goes. Every single one from Harold Victor second, Solar Craft third, fourth I'd say Tianan just in front of Bow Dancer, then Complicit followed in then by Taysier. Mark my word, never came into play. Further back then was Ganassi vanquished, I wriggle and last of all there was going to be the top of Yelman. Five every single one, $19.34. Luke Dittman from number six, which is Harold Victor, 11.70, and 10 Solar Craft at 2.20. Moving in well at Morfordville. Chris Beaumont, online. Race or race five and 83 benchmark 1350 metres, 7435 my numbers. I'm with uh, the seven here, the Pharaoh. Uh, really good form line, obviously through Arby at Sam, who won earlier in the day. He's the leader here and very hard to beat. Four Peacock, gelded, trialling really well. He's underachieved to date, but this could be his race first up. Three Hogman, he's the sneaky getting home late. His trials have been good, he's unbeaten here, and no interest will also be running on from the back. 7435 my numbers, race five, Rose Hill. Chris, thank you. Sudden Wealth has missed the start in Adelaide. Went abysmally in the previous, and this one stood there and missed at 15. Miss Jane went straight to the lead from Infinity Queen. Going up wider on the track was Hasta Lagorbi. Uh, Straguns nice and handy, then Magnus Knight. Supreme Polarity. Back with it was misidentified, and Sudden Wealth just going around for practice now. I would suggest hold all tickets as they run towards the 600 metre mark, where it's Miss Jane in front, led narrowly from Infinity Queen. Queen. Hasta Lagorbi third on the outside of Stragun. Supreme Polarity on the inside of Magnus Knight, then misidentified. And Sudden Wealth, as I said, just following them around. 400 metres left to travel. They're on the home turn. It's Miss Jane, the favourite in front. From Infinity Queen, Stragun. Uh, next, Supreme Polarity trying to work into the clear. Magnus Knight deeper out and right down the outside, misidentified. Miss Jane had a big kick, though. Miss Jane led clearly from misidentified Magnus night. Supreme Polarity had been held up, but Miss Jane in front from Misidentified. It's the same one-two finish from Gawler. Miss Jane beats Misidentified. Magnus Knight third. Hasta Lagori fourth. Supreme Polarity. Well, I'm not sure. The run never, never really came, but well, how well did it finish off? Stragun next from Infinity Queen, and as I said, it may be hold all tickets for Sudden Wealth. Nine, Miss Jane, $4, $1.60, Jason Holder from eight second, misidentified at two forty, and six, Magnus Knight at $2.10. Might pay to hold your tickets there on Sudden Wealth, which missed the start badly at Morfordville. 14 past two at the start at Coleraine. Gold Coast numbers are five, ten, six, and eleven. Five every single one, nineteen thirty and four dollars. Ten second, Solar Craft at two twenty. Six, Harold Victor, eleven seventy. Fourth, the eleven, uh, Tianan. The Quinella pays 79.70. Exacta, 
$175. Trifecta, $10,227.40. First four, $18,405.50. Running double, 15 and 5, $674.20. The first four jackpot of $5,500 rolling over to race five at the Gold Coast. Correct weight is there now at Flemington, race four, 11,561. And correct weight at Newcastle on 7, 2, 1 and 9. So at the start for race number four at Coleraine, Belmont, uh, race number two at 2.23. One is uh, It's a Him, 3.50. Two and three out. Four is Respondent, 14. Five is Ripper Rio, 3.10. Six, Shintamani, 4.40. Seven, The Forgotten One, 6.10. Eight, Thunderclap Newman is $8.30. RSN Football. Very close to quarter time at uh, the SCG and uh, the Swans lead by 43 points, 8 goals to 50 to Fremantle 117. Swans by 43 points at uh, quarter time. And the other game uh, just starting at uh, uh, Simmons Stadium and the Tigers straight out of the blocks. They're two goals straight, 12 to Geelong, yet to score. Richmond up by 12 points early on. Moving in at Coleraine at Morfordville, 9862, 9 the winner Miss Jane, $4.160, 8 misidentified at 240, 6 Magnus Knight, 210, 4th to 2 Hustler Lagorby. Quinella pays 2530, Exacta 4660, Trifecta 24380, first four two thousand three hundred and sixty-seven dollars the running double one and nine fifty-nine dollars. <laughs> Late scratching at the gates at De Flemington, number t- at uh, Coleraine. Number two is out. Uh, Diatomo had uh, played up in the gates and taken out on Vets' advice. So Diatomo's a late scratching at uh, Coleraine. The sub will be number seven, uh, Allo Love. It's the favourite at $3.60. Just a couple to get set there at Coleraine at the start for race five at Rose Hill. At uh, Rose Hill for the fifth event, the Pharaoh is... Uh, Two dollars eighty. Got out to two ninety, back into two eighty. Peacock is three ninety to three seventy. Wild and famous out to eight dollars, and Hogmanay is out to nine dollars fifty. So at uh, Colerain, hopefully get the last few in there for uh, race number four. And they're uh, at the start at Rose Hill. Uh, no correct weight as yet at the Gold Coast. And uh, Newcastle, we have correct weight for 7, 2, 1 and 9. We'll go to uh, Adam at Coleraine. So uh, a memorable day for Stan. So uh, lights turned on, so we're not far away. Colonel Jessup to come up into the outside gate is the starter heading around. And we're just about right to go. Fourth race, TAC Maiden, 1,400 metres. There's Colonel Jessup going up into the outside gate. Debuts off three jump outs. All set, signals there, they're underway. 
Uh, no speed from Vladimir and Lightning Tiara. They both drop back. Southern Strategy, as many would have expected, is going to roll to the lead early with Allo Love to second, Miss Sadie in third. They were followed time or gold. Next, the inside to Petronas. Our boy Leroy was next in the group there, followed by Under Our Spell. About two lengths per Lambo. Lightning Tiara, Colonel Jessup and Vladimir is the last one. So they head off the back, 900 to go. Southern Strategy had the lead a half length clear from Allo Love, the favourite second. A little bit wider out to Time or Gold in third. Followed Miss Sadie and Patronus nearer the inside in fifth from under our spell. Balambo and our boy Leroy. Two lengths further away to Colonel Jessup Lightning Tiara. And the last one is Vladimir as they travel down to the 600. So Southern Strategy almost joined in the lead by Allo Love. Time or Gold nearly a length away in third. Followed Miss Sadie and Patronus. Deep out is Vladimir trying to get around under our spell and Balambo. Further back to our boy Leroy, Colonel Jessup and amongst the last is Lightning Tiara they turn 300 out, Southern Strategy Yellow Love, lead from Time or Gold, Miss Sadie and Balambo headed the others, it's on the inside, Southern Strategy joined and shaded by Yellow Love, Time or Gold still running up to them, Yellow Love drew to the front with 100 to go from Time or Gold who wants to duck in and then Southern Strategy but Yellow Love's doing enough, Yellow Love won it by a half to three quarters, Time or Gold, Balambo ran third and Southern Strategy may have just held on to fourth in front of Miss Sadie under our spell and then Colonel Jessup followed Lightning Tiara Patronus was next in and then our boy Leroy and towards the end was Vladimir. Sub the winner 7 Allo Love at 3.50, Jack Hill from 4 second Timor Gold at 2.6, 6 Palambo $10.20 moving in at Rose Hill. We've got race number 6 at Doomben in 7 minutes 1 Brotherly Secret $20 2 Lordag at $7 number Three is One Inch Punch at 12. Four Beat Street, $20. Six Drum Beats Choice at 14. Seven Bells of War, 23. AD 9L, 920. Nine Corn Row, 950. 11 is King Red, 27. And 12, the favourite Oink at $2. Fixed odds Oink is $1.60. Now to Rose Hill for race five. 50 metres the trip. Stand by for a jump and they're off and racing and the Pharaoh off the inside is sealed up out of the gates and it's going to lead. Peacock away well in second in the early stages but Wild and Famous and Zara Bear both going forward but it's an easy lead for the Pharaoh. They're followed behind the pace then to Hogmanay from Dorstar. Well back then is Argent Door as they race up into the first turn and it's the Pharaoh in front at the thousand metres by length on Wild and Famous and Peacock resuming right behind the leader and favourite in third two after Zara Bay then Hog Hogmanay, Dorstar, no interest, second last on the outside of Argent Door. Down the side of the course, and the Pharaoh makes the running, going along at a decent enough clip by three quarters to Wild and Famous. Peacock in third, a length off to Zara Bay, three back the fence, Hogmanay. Dorstar's third last from Argent Door, and no interest is still back last. Racing to the turn, 4.50 out, it's the Pharaoh in front from Wild and Famous. Peacock just waiting on a run now, then came Hogmanay into the straight, the Pharaoh's holding the fence. Peacock hasn't got much room towards the inside. He needs to get off heels. Pharaoh in front by a length and a half. The Peacock is coming off heels now. Don't know if it can do it though. The Pharaoh's going strongly from Peacock. Hogmanay is finding the line well, but the Pharaoh in front inside the 50 and the Pharaoh's going to lead all the way on the fast track today. The Pharaoh goes on to win it by a length and a half to Hogmanay. Peacock in third. Good margin back to uh, Dorstar from Argent Door. Then came no interest from Zara Bay. Wild and famous on the speed has weakened right out. 
Seven, the Pharaoh, two forty, one dollar thirty for Jay Ford. Second two, number three, Hogman A at two forty, and four for third to Peacock at one dollar and fifty cents. Twenty-two past two at RSN nine two seven Belmont. The field uh, moving in for race number two. Now at uh, Morfordville. All okay with the start there and correct weight on the numbers of 9862 Sudden Wealth, a definite starter, correct weight 9862 at Morfordville. At Coleraine, 74611, 7 LO Love pays 350140, 4 Timor Gold at 270, 6 Balambo at 1020, 4th 11 Southern Strategy. The Quinella, 1170, exact at $20.10, trifecta 448.20, 1st 4, 2,656.60. The running double three and seven, 1970. Early quality at Colrain, two, three, three and seven, $10,455.70. It's an RSN 927 market update. Make a start the look at Flemington race number five. Uh, one is all clear, 39. The favourite two, Samovare at $1.80. Three, Nemini Pemini, 770. Four, Tavi Bay, 23. 50 Rachel 550, 6 Swampland at 590, 7 Phoenix Park at $30, 8 Gold Fontaine 18, so $1.80 on the tote, Samavare. We'll get uh, Matt's market plus Dean's thoughts uh, shortly. We've got a race pretty close at Belmont for race number two. Numbers confirmed at Rose Hill. Rose Hill numbers are 7, 3, 4 and 8. And they're racing as well, and Thunderclap Newman actually bounced in front from Shintamani, the forgotten one. The two greys settling back there together, Ritsahim and Riparillo, and Stake is going to drop Respondent back across onto the rails and settle down last as they just hack by the winning post the first time around, and Thunderclap Newman found himself in front for O'Donnell. So Thunderclap Newman, a bit of a wet tracker as well, leads them as they head out of the home straight. Up there travelling second, the Mayor Shintamani. Third on the rails, the forgotten one, just behind them then came It's a Him, trailed by Ripper Rio, just wanting to get his head in the air slightly, down on the inside in a very sedately run first part, responded, who settled about three and a half lengths from the leader, who's getting it all his own way as they work into the back, but now they've got to contend with the strong headwind, they're in the teeth of it now as they go down the back with about 1,250 to go, and it was Thunderclap Newman that led the way, but O'Donnell applying a firm hold from Shintamani, the forgotten one down on the inside, it's getting a good Good run. It is in the slipstream of Thunderclap Newman. And also getting a nice enough trail there is the uh, first of the greys. It's a him. Down on the inside there is Respondent, who they're back from around 20s into 10s. And Ripperio back last of the six. And so they work off the back with about 850 left to go in the second at Belmont Park. And down to that headwind they come. It's Thunderclap Newman. And they won't certainly set any records in this one. They've just absolutely hacked along. It's Thunderclap Newman, a half to three quarters over the mare who's doing it easily Shintamani, the forgotten one pocketed down on the inside and then came It's a Him about to be stoked up by young Kersley down on the rails then responded Ripperio last as they come around the bend at the 450, Thunderclap Newman now about to be taken on by Shintamani who very quickly got within ahead of him, the forgotten one down on the inside gets the cut away, then two lengths behind them It's a Him but Shintamani reaches the lead, halfway down the running 300 metres to go, he 
shows of the whip. Shintamani, the forgotten one, picking up towards the inside. Shintamani, the forgotten one, closing the margin with a hundred left to go. Draws equal. The forgotten one got the head in front. Shintamani coming back, but the forgotten one prevailed. The forgotten one scored by a head, Shintamani. Four lengths it to him. Thunderclap Newman responded, and Ripper Rio is last of all. And number seven, the winner there, the forgotten one, 490-270. Joseph has a party from six seconds, Shintamani, 210. No third dividend for number one, it's a him. So tote wise at Flemington, Samavare is still a dollar eighty. So we're getting on track there with Matt. Yes, Brian, thank you very much. Favourite way is Samavare, 205 to a dollar ninety-five. So into red and white figures now, the favourite. Ahead of O Rachel at 440, Swampland at 550. And then we have Nimini Pimini at 10. Uh, of the others, Gold Fontaine at 18, but Samavere is the elect here at $1.95, getting a bit better with bookies at the moment. Race 5 and 8. Dean Lester, Trackside. Fleming in race 5, my numbers 2, 3, 5 and 6, going here with number 2, Samavere. Thought uh, her one run in Victoria was pretty good. Recent trial was okay. She's pretty well suited. I think she's well enough found in the market. Uh, three Nimini Pimini. I don't think she's won for a couple of years, but uh, she's going well. I think she's a chance. Uh, five though, Rachel trialed well last week. Just has to run a strong 1400 and settle. But if she does, uh, she's a good chance. Lovely and bright in the yard looking at her. And uh, six Swampland off a, a pretty tidy win here last start. They're the top four from the yard, wouldn't it? Uh, be surprised if one of the outsiders all clear and a bit of a race first run for the Weir Stable. But my numbers in race five, two, three, five and six. Dean, thank you. Moving in at Doombin for race number six at uh, Rose Hill, seven, three, four and eight. Number seven, the Faro, 240, 130. Three, Hogman, a 240. Four, Peacock, $1.50. And fourth was number eight, Argent Door. Quinella, $9.60. Exacta has paid uh, fourteen twenty, trifecta forty nine thirty, first four two hundred and forty four twenty, running double four and seven thirteen twenty, early quality five seven four seven three hundred and thirty one dollars thirty, length and a quarter by length and a half, and the time one nineteen point five five and correct weight at Rose Hill. We also have correct weight at Colrain seven four six eleven, and the field uh, moving in well for rest number six at Doombin. Them down now. Beat Street, a last start Sunshine Coast winner goes in. And four out of line, Brotherly Secret, Lord Ag, D9L and Drumbeat's Choice. Since we spoke last, Oink is now at 185 on the QOP. And Drumbeat's Choice is firmed from $9 into $5.50. And Cornrow is eased from 6 to 7.50. And the rest are double figures. So this race looks limited as far as chances are concerned. D9L and Lord Ag, they'll be the last two to move up for the Pillow Talk Plate, race six today. This opens the Quadrilla, that Quadrilla pool now, gee, it jumps uh, quickly, doesn't it? It's almost $200,000. It was just over a hundred about a minute ago or two minutes ago, so now heading towards a quarter of a million dollars in the UBED Quadrilla pool. D9L comes up to her position, she'll complete the line. Not quite ready yet, D9L. Oink is well behaved. He has a good gate, barrier two. At uh, Belmont on race number two, placing's official, uh, 7618. 
Number seven, the winner there, which is the forgotten one, 490-270. Six, Shintamani, 210. No third for one, it's a him. Fourth was eight, Thunderclap Newman. Quinella, 1310. Exacta, 3160. Trifecta, $78.80. First four, $284.30. And the running double, nine and seven, $37.70. Now the attendance group behind D9L. Trying to coax her into the barrier. Now jockey Jim Byrne dismounts, so the next trick will be to try and load a riderless. She's a five-times winner, D9L, but as we said, she's been down on form lately. So there's a full uh, full contingent trying to coax D9L up into the gates. Have they got her in? It looks like they have from this angle. Yes, Jim Byrne getting back in the saddle. So now we're set. Race six at Doombin. Starting signal has been given. Light about to be switched on. There it is. They're set. And racing. Jumped in a good line. Cornrow, one of the first to go. Showing early speed. Beat Street with King Red D9L. Not far away was Oink sliding through. Bells of War not far away. They run this leisurely early. Then Lordag Brotherly Secret, one inch punch. And Drumbeat's Choice, like in the Cleveland Bay, missed the kick and he's last of all. Short of a thousand left to run. No pace here. D9L leads King Red. Striding up deep on the track was Beat Street. Cornrow just behind them. And Brown's got Oink beautifully placed. Fourth or fifth over on the rail. Getting a cushy run mid-race. Then Lordag Three deep around Bells of War and One Inch Punch, then Brotherly Secret, and Drumbeat's Choice faces Mission Impossible from last. 600 metres left to Rana, and D9L has cruised through that first 750 metres in 44.88, leads the way from Beat Street, King Red, Oink near the rail, just needs some room to move at the right time, then One Inch Punch, followed by Cornrow, Lordag, then came at the head of the others, Brotherly Secret, Drumbeat's Choice hooked the widest, and Bells of War was well back, Oink out in plenty of time. He shot the gap. He comes after D9L, who's trying to offer a little kick on the inside. But Oink, hands and heels, is in the lead now from D9L. Drumbeat's choice runs on down the outside. Favourite pulls clear. Too good. Oink got the money. Oink beat home D9L. Third either one-inch punch or Drumbeat's choice. Then came Cornrow, Lordag, Bells of War, Beat Street, Brotherly Secret, King Red. He... Twelve, the winner, Oink, at one dollar eighty one twenty from uh, number eight, D9L, 250, and a photo for third at the start at uh, Flemington. How the day is playing. It's the RSN 927 halftime wrap. Chris Sabo, Matt for us at Rose Hill. Chris, how's the track playing so far? Oh, hang on, I need to push that button. Now I'm right. How's the, Chris, how's the track playing so far? Yeah, a little bit leaderish and a little bit towards the fence, uh, Brian. Right. Um, only horse that's one that hasn't raced on the fence was Batterholz in race four, but everything else has either been in front or up the fence. So um, I think we're going to have to look towards horses that uh, are on pace and near the rails. Okay, taking that into account, how's the first leg look? 
First leg, we'll see Quebec's probably the key runner here, number four from gate one. He's got to hold them out, though. There's a little bit of speed drawn out, so if he can't hold them out, he might be in trouble, but if he does hold them out, he might be too tough. He's a lazy, very lazy horse that takes hard riding, but you'd have to have him on top. Obviously, Minari's there, number two. A little bit tricky for him, though, from the gate, tricking three, and I think the value is six. I am, I am excited if they go hard, he'll be the one sneaking through inside. So, um, two, three, four, six. I suggest you watch the betting, though, late and see what they do with the, um, you know, the late market moves there. Okay, not tricking. Not trekking? No. Trek, trekking's in, sorry. Yeah, you, oh, you put oh, two, yeah. was the numbers there was two. No, two, two three, four, six. Two, really three, four, six, okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, but, he's, but just keep an eye on the late moves there. Okay, race number seven. This is the race I didn't like. I think three, four, seven, and ten are the definites. Um, Waller's obviously got these two horses from um, previous uh, different yards have come to his stable. They're trial well, particularly Tom Melbourne's going to get that right run from the good gate, so maybe it's on top from three. Seven's flying, just got that awkward gate, and ten's got the good gate, which you can use. But the only two that would really shock are five and nine, so maybe if, if that's the leg, you want to throw a few more, more in, that's up to you. But I think three, four, seven, and ten are the definites. Okay, what do we include in race eight? Uh, like, like six and uh, eight there, Brian. Face on course, Slumber Party. Face on course gets a butte run, Slumber Party in front. Uh, to go wider, I'd be putting in four Gretna, who's possibly the leader of a big trial win and 11 Maracuita the run on. But six and eight chiefly ahead of four and 11. And the last is prominent to run to the market here. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree there, Brian. Four and uh, eight there, um, special missile Aminui. Out of the same race, special missile won at Canterbury, but Aminui better suited on the bigger track. So I think just the two there, four and eight, will bring us home. Okay, so those runners in the market, they, they, they will go okay given the, the way the track's racing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've got the right horses for the conditions. As yep. I said, the second leg worries me. Um, and it's now, if we can get the quaddy, we just need to get a little bit of value. So maybe the six, if it can win the first leg, we might be cheering a bit louder rather than if uh, Switch of Quebec wins. Well, we're going well so far. Got any, Chris? Thanks, Brian. Uh, now they are uh, about to move in at Flemington. Just uh, uh, got the farrier going to work there at Flemington by the look of it on uh, number seven, Phoenix Park. So at Doombin, numbers are 12836, correct weight Belmont, 7618, Doombin, 12, the winner Oink, $1.80, 120, AD 9L, 250, 3-1-inch punch, 250, fourth, the six drum beats choice. The Quinella, 920, exact, a 1380, trifecta, 8710, first four, 265.30, running double, 11 and 12 pays, $8.10. We've got uh, race number five from Newcastle in uh, four minutes. Uh, just checking the market there at Newcastle for the quaddy first leg. Red Dream fixed odds at 350. It's 430 tote. St. Jerome fixed 460. Napoleon 480. Sirius Hoffer at 650. Gold Coast in around eight minutes. They've got a jackpot there of their first four at the Gold Coast of 5,500. Uh, fixed odds favourite is uh, Melkara, about half the tote price. It's 250 fixed, 470 tote. Ready for danger, also well supported, 270. It's 410 tote. Rainbow Spirit, 750. The Monk, 750. They've completed that work with the, uh, the uh, uh, Farrier at uh, Flemington, so the field about to get set for uh, race number five. We've got Morfordville in 10 minutes, race number four. One Belf's Choice at $2. Two Sandhill Warrior, 19. Three Dancers on Stars, 25. Four Sandhill Star, 36. Six London Fog, 3.30. Seven Cap Set, 5.50. And number eight is Tom's Valour at $11.60. This is where Melbourne Racing lives. RSN 927. Rarely runs a bad one, Nimini Pimini. About to join the line with Damien Lane. Swampland Mills around. Gold Fontaine all clear. Samavir and O'Rachel to move into the gates.
So it is out to 2.2 Samovere. That's its price on the tote as well. Oh, Rachel, 480 into $4. Swampland, 550 into 4.8. They are the three main hopes. And then Nimini Pimini is at a $10 quote. Now Nimini Pimini is in. Swampland about to come forward. Swampland moves in. All clear to get set. Here is... Oh, Rachel, Ben Mellum. Gold Fontaine standing patiently. So, uh, interesting to see how Samovere goes today. Winner of the WA Champion Stakes at Ascot back in November. And resumed here. And uh, it was just run down by Padrina, but there was uh, plenty of talk that uh, she's very good and plenty of uh, confidence in the stable as well. Now here's Samovere coming up to complete the line with Damien Oliver in the saddle. And the field is set to run for race number five. The Mark Young over 1,400. Ready to go. Set to jump now. Signal from behind and they're racing. All clear, a touch slow, and Tavi Bay going back to second last. Gold Fontaine, the best of bounce, and leads Nimini Pimini, and then Phoenix Park behind her. Next in the field is Oh Rachel, closer today, two lengths Tavi Bay, and then came Samovere, who's off the track from Swampland, and all clear as last. So it's Gold Fontaine, they're not exactly hurtling along. Gold Fontaine by a length to in second, Nimini Pimini after 400. Third, the inside is Phoenix Park, and they were followed by on the outside, Oh Rachel. Samovere is three wide, followed by Tavi Bay and Swampland, and all clear is last. 800 metres to go. Gold Fontaine at steady fractions by a length Nimini Pimini. A length and a quarter Phoenix Park, third the inside from O'Rachel. Samovere fifth out three deep. Tavi Bay sixth on the inside from Swampland, and all clear is last. Approaching the home corner, 500 metres to run. Gold Fontaine just, if anything, edging off the inside running rail from Nimini Pimini and O'Rachel out wider. A beautiful run appears for the grey Phoenix Park, but it too's trying to get off the fence and then Samovere down the outside of the track from Tavi Bay as they sprint up now. 300 to go. Nimini Pimini takes the lead. Swampland going with her. Down the outside Samovere from O'Rachel. It's getting through Swampland. 100 metres to go. Swampland takes the lead and is coming clear by two legs Samovere and Nimini Pimini and it's all Swampland. Hands and heels to the line. Defeated Samovere, Nimini Pimini, Goldfontaine. Then O'Rachel behind those horses all clear Phoenix Park and Tavi Bay was last of the eight. Uh, number six, the winner there, Swampland. Regan Bayless, 470-160 to Samovere uh, at 120 and three, Nimini Pimini, $2, moving in at Newcastle. Resuming. This man riding well, Regan Bayless. Swampland first at 470 and 160. The mare by Redwood out of Marsh Harbour. Win four at start number 11 in a rich vein of form with three wins on the bounce. Second, Samovere, number two, after being caught wide, the Savabile mare, Damien Oliver for Hayes, Hayes and Davidick. Third, number three, Nimini Pimini, who was ridden up the front today, Damien Lane for Russell and Scott Cameron. Fourth, number eight, Gold Fontaine, Ben Thompson for Peter Morgan. And then O'Rachel, number five, Ben Mallum for Chris Waller. Completed placings after the running of race number five, six, two, three and eight. Six, two, three and eight after the VRC member Mark Young Close to a start at Newcastle for race number five. Correct way to Doom at race number six, 12, eight, three, six. And correct way to through at Belmont on seven, six, one and eight. Wait right at uh, Belmont. Stayers Cup uh, just underway at uh, Newcastle. And then we've got... Uh, 
Gold Coast to follow in around a couple of minutes from now. Gold Coast favour two Malcara at three dollars and seventy cents. So they're underway on their two thousand nine hundred metre journey at Newcastle. We might just we'll get to that shortly. We'll get back to the team at Flemington. Okay, uh, yes, that race might go for a while. Uh, Swampland, uh, Dean. So a couple of uh, horses with uh, wins uh, under their belt, Jaminza and also Swampland with recent wins here at Flemington, winning today. Yeah, it was key, wasn't it, Matt? She really wanted the win fit. Uh, Henry Dwyer in the pre-race mentioned that uh, she's better on the fresh side, and she certainly showed that today. She won really well. Samavere ran well. She was three wide uh, and back for the trip and made the move into the race and ran quite well. Nimini Pimini, that's not really her go. So she's going very well to be sitting outside the lead. She just needs that next win. She she just doesn't win out of turn. And, uh, oh, Rachel, I just don't think she settled well enough to run a strong 1,400 at this stage, and that's why she really laboured late. She was always on the bit virtually the whole way. Just having a look at the tracking shot with 350 metres to go, Dean, she was the only horse she wanted to be on. She just glided past Samovere and the others. Exactly, yeah, and, and put a good space on them late. It was a, a really good win. It was two and a half by a length and a quarter. We'll be back with Dean with the Quaddy sh- chat shortly. Two and a half a length and a quarter. 124.41. 470.160 Swampland. Samavera $1.20. Nimini Pimini $2.00. Quinella $4.80. Exacta $10.90. The trifecta $45.70. First four ending in eight. 190, uh, fact, 193.20. 193.20. And we need a running double. We'll have that after Newcastle. Five, the outside of Red Dream. One length to Tips and Beers, two lengths to Polding, and still three away Storm on last of all. So pretty much rewind the tape and play it again, Sam. No change. Magentas is the leader towards the 1,100 metres. Mark leading by three quarters, Red Centre Ruby. Two lengths to Sirius Hoffer. Fourth, the inside of Southern Delight. Another two and a half to St. Jerome, five off the back, and then Red Dream. Now there's three to four lengths to Tips and Beers, two lengths to Napoleon. He'll spot the leader a fair start. Likewise, Stormon, who's another three lengths away at the tail end, the best part of 12 lengths off the leader. So the race is about to get serious as they go past from where they started from. It's Magenta's in front. Red Center Ruby's already called it a day. Sirius Hoffer moves into second spot. Quickly moving up into third is Napoleon. By gee, he's made good progress and he's stalking the leaders now. Then followed Southern Delight. St. Jerome got left flat-footed when the sprint went on. Likewise, Red Dream. So Napoleon with a lightning moves, quickly moved up and heads towards the outside and has now dashed two lengths clear from Sirius Hoffer. Magenta's is third. St. Jerome and Red Dream try to run on and then storm on. It's Napoleon, 250 left to travel. Three clear from Sirius Hoffer. Red Dream, St. Jerome, storm on. But Napoleon still clear with 100 to go. Red Dream tries hard and then Sirius Hoffer, he 